We want to welcome you to our weekly Bible study for April 29th, 2007. And this is a study that I have been planning to do for at least a couple years, if not three years, in regard to a subject that is going to affect us in the very near future. And I know a lot of my, my sermons go that way, and there's a lot of things that are going to be affecting us in the very near future in regard to biblical prophecy and things of this nature. But this is one that is almost non-heard of being preached in the modern day churches. I know last week we talked about the North American Union, and that's another one that's seldom heard. You're going to hear more and more from that. But this is one that really has a lot to do with the spiritual aspect of the end time delusion that is upon us, uh, particularly how it would relate to the Antichrist and these types of things. To start out with, David Bay had an article this week that was entitled Life on Mars, one of the greatest deception campaigns in history has begun. The subtitle was, If the ruins of an ancient civilization are discovered on Mars, will you lose your precious Christian faith? This potential is very real, so you had better prepare yourself. Well, this is why we need to build our foundation on the rock of Christ Jesus. And then when the winds come and the rains fall, we won't be subject to, to be displaced from the rock. We're going to be able to, to take whatever tempest, whatever hurricane, whatever earthquake, whatever is going to come upon us, we're going to be able to compare these hurricanes, these earthquakes, to the scripture and say, okay, this is truth and this is error. This is why it's so important that we be grounded in the word of God, the King James Bible, because if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? As Proverbs 11.3 verse says. We have to be grounded on that. And it is necessary to understand many of the current end time events from the standpoint being able to identify this deception with scripture. If, we, if we've never heard of anything and something comes upon us unawares, it's very, very hard to have an answer for that. So it's good to equip ourselves, lest Satan get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices, 2 Corinthians 2.11. So we don't want to be ignorant of his devices. And there's more of Satan's devices nowadays than I, I believe there's ever existed on the planet ever. And I even mean a Noah's Day, because of the technology that we have available right now, it's, it's allowed a level of deception to go forth that I don't think was reproducible in any other time in humanity. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. So, this article starts out by saying, NASA continues to release sharp photos of Mars surface, which enthusiasts institute constitute a smoking gun. Evidence that real intelligent life existed on Mars a long, long time ago. Is this for real? Yes, it is, but not for the reason you may believe. See how the news fits in perfectly with the New World Order plan. Well, I'm looking at a picture right now, and these are pictures that have been uh, widely circulated for several years. These aren't just new. They've been around. But there's been a lot more analysis done of them. And I'm looking at the surface of Mars. There's a distinct face on the surface. Looks almost like a like almost like a lion's face. And there's a uh, some type of pyramid structure uh, and then some a, a city that they have analyzed here. Now, from Tom Horn, 
at Raiders News Network, he had a, uh, his article actually was, if the ruins of ancient civilizations are discovered on Mars, will you lose your religion? Okay, that was what his was entitled. According to polls, a majority of the people could accept a genuine E.T., when we say E.T., we mean extraterrestrial, like the aliens, okay? We could accept a genuine E.T. reality without losing their faith in God. Okay, now, <laughs> you know, according to polls, you know, almost all people are saved, too. And that's, that's, that's not the case. Somebody who's a lukewarm pew-sitter, uh, the problem is I have to read off it. I'll, I'll give it to you at the end. The, the problem is somebody who's a weak, warm, lukewarm pew-sitter, warm in the pew, getting spoon-fed whatever they're wanting to get spoon-fed from their uh, from the, their given church that they're in, they've never heard of any of this. This is new to them. They say that they won't lose their faith, but they don't understand the level of the, the deception that's coming. And we're going to look at the level of that deception that's coming, because I have to pose a question. Do you think all of this extraterrestrial, alien, UFO stuff is being done for no reason. Do you think Satan doesn't have an agenda behind that? Because Satan doesn't waste his time on things that aren't going to get results. And if he's not wasting his time on, and if he's devoted this much time to it, then he must be deeming it pretty important. He's setting us up for something. And saying you won't lose your faith, that's all well and good. But when things get bad, when, when, when the deception is at its peak, and when you're in a position where you can't answer these things at all, and you have, you're reading the wrong Bible, going to a corporation called a 501c3, which they call a church, you're not getting the truth, how are you going to be able to defend against this? We're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints, according to Jude. In order to earnestly contend... That means to fight. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to fight. How can we fight against something if we don't even know what the enemy is? So these are things I want to kind of just preface as a foundational tenet to this teaching. Now, in Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon, April 20th, this is reporting that NASA recently released ultra-high resolution pictures of the face on Mars. They reveal details as small as a few inches across, including some believe to be girders, windows, walls from ancient structures. Now, they, we've got the technology with the telescopes now where we can actually do these things. What they'll, I, what they'll do is I think they'll probably... Uh, these high-resolution pictures are most, most likely being taken from space because when you take a picture, picture from space, there's no atmosphere to interfere with the, with the picture, so you can get a much clearer view. When we take a picture on Earth, we have to go, the telescope has to go through all the atmospheres of our, of our planet, and that can distort things. So I believe this is how they're getting these ultra-high resolution pictures. Richard Hoagland and his Enterprise team believe that these pictures are the smoking gun. They, are, they say, quote, the debate is over. He says, I no longer need to prove that these are ruins. My critics need to prove that they're not. Okay, so this has been, you know, there's been a lot of debate about this for years. But as they get better and better and better pictures, they're realizing, no, this isn't just something that uh, is some anomaly on the planet of Mars. It's not. 
So, going back to the article, did you catch the pertinent sentence? A respected expert, Richard Hoagland and his enterprise team, which is all they do. Richard Hoagland and his team, that's all they do. Okay, I've, I've seen him speak before. They study all this, the, basically the alien deception that's coming. This Richard Hoagland and his enterprise team are now saying the debate is over. This is the latest batch of ultra-high-resolution pictures on the surface of Mars, a smoking gun proof that an intelligent civilization once lived on Mars. And then you could say, oh, well, there's just no way. That's just a lie. What would that be for Satan? The prince and the power of the air. I mean, what would that be for him? I don't think it would be that hard of a, of a thing to accomplish as a fallen angel in a spirit body... So we go back to this and it says, Remember, the American people with whom you are dealing with in today's society, very, very few people think critically or we read widely. Very few people dig deeply into matters which concern this country. If they concern themselves with daily news, they usually get the information from TV, thereby conditioning themselves to snippets of information where they might just get a, di a distorted story or they have been conditioned to arrive at their conclusions and beliefs and mere stereotypes. Well, let me tell you right now, it's more than just snip snippets of information. The this country and really the world is in total delusion because the media is totally controlled by the globalists, by the elite, by the Illuminati, by whatever you want to call them. Who controls them? Satan? Prince in the power of the air. He controls the airwaves, I'm telling you. He controls the media. He controls Hollywood. All this stuff. We're being spoon-fed and set up for this. We've been, This is a long time that's been coming. This is, this is something that started back and really whenever they started showing the, the sci-fi movies and then the, the Roswell crash happened in Roswell, New Mexico where they found the, the flying saucer and the alien bodies and things like that. We've been, we've been preconditioned to this for... Oh my... Oh... Over 60 years. Long time. Long time. And again, I have to ask, why would they devote this much effort to something? And it's only getting worse. Hmm, maybe they're, maybe they're going to do something soon. So, going back to the story, I believe that this whole episode is aimed at these types of uninformed citizens. Equally significantly, I believe this episode is aimed squarely at the readers of the supermarket tabloids. If you have been paying attention, supermarket tabloids have been consistently running articles of aliens, UFOs, life on Mars since the middle of the 1980s. I mean, all you got to do is, you know, walk through the checkout line at the grocery store. And it's, it's good not to even look at them because usually there's half-naked women or whatever on those. But one of their big themes, they love to key on the, the, AFO, the UFOs, the aliens, and the deity of Jesus Christ as well. A lot of pictures where you see the picture of Jesus. We're going to talk about the picture of Jesus today. We're going to go into that real in depth. It's not what you think. So, the article says, yes, you heard me correctly. Tabloids have been running articles on the possibility of life on Mars for two decades now. All of the stories have been trash. But they have, they have the effect but they have had the effect over these many years of slowly conditioning the people to believe in their heart of hearts in the possibility of ancient life on Mars and alien civilizations. According to the polls, majority of people could not accept a genuine ET reality without losing their faith. 
or could accept a genuine ET rally without losing their faith in God. But, if that's the case, hold on. You can't have it both ways. Because if you accept the ET reality, the extraterrestrial reality, if you accept that, well then you're going to accept what they say. Aren't you? I mean, how do you believe what they are unless you accept what they say? What are the aliens saying? They're sure pointing people to Christ. Let me tell you that. Every single time anybody has any interaction with these supposed aliens, whether it be in, in an abduction event, whether it be in a whatever channeling, whatever, whatever demonic way that these things interact, they're always, always, always pointing you away from Jesus Christ. Every single time. Every single time. Never once have I heard an alien, ever a, a, a report of the supposed alien. Never once have I ever heard a report where they led somebody to the Lord. I just haven't heard it yet. Maybe I will tomorrow, but I just I don't think it's going to happen. So, what they're saying is absolutely contradictory to the Word of God. What are these aliens doing? They're questioning the Word of God. They're saying, oh, no, no, no. We Basically, their, their message is that we created the human race millions and millions of years ago, like a big science project. And, you know, things are getting so bad down here on Earth, guys, we're just going to have to come back and straighten it out. I mean, we, our science project went awry. And we're going to have to come back and help you out. Now, do you realize that if you believe in intelligent design, this is the, if you go back and boil it back and boil it back with what intelligent design is all about, it's not about, it's, it's, it's not about Jesus Christ creating the universe. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. That was John 1. And then it says the Word, and then the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. And He came to His own, but His own received Him not. This is Jesus Christ we're talking about here. Jesus Christ created the world. He created the universe. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus Christ spoke it into existence. But see, the aliens are saying the exact opposite. They're saying, oh, no, 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 no. We, we were here, and we created you, and you're, big, you're a big science project, and now we have to come back and uh, straighten everything out. And this is what intelligent design believes. And this is why it's such an abomination that there's so many Christians behind intelligent design saying, oh, it's this wonderful thing that we need to implement in the school system. Intelligent design is core belief at the very, very basis of it is that the aliens created us. Not God. Not the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't kid yourself. And if you have any doubts about that, email me. My email address is on my on the Sermons Audio webpage. Email me. And I will send you a complete expose on intelligent design debunking it from every angle okay not that I was the one that did all the research it was already done for me it's just a matter of getting it you know putting it all together so you can't have it both ways you can't you can't say yes I, I'm going to believe the ETs and they say that who they are and then I'm also going to be a Christian you can't you have to be able this is how this is how serious this is what we're talking about here so let's, let's return to the feature story. Um, the film insinuated that when we do set foot on Mars, the discovery of a past alien presence could be made near the sphinx-like 
there's a, there's a face of a sphinx on on the planet of Mars. I mean, the pictures are real. They're there. And and again, like they're saying, there's really not not any more dispute about these things. So they're saying the discovery of, of a past alien presence could be made near the sphinx-like face on the pyramid and the pyramidal shapes photographed by the Viking Mars probe. I guess okay, that's where we get the the. Uh, images from, from the Viking Mars probe. Well, this thing was actually circling Mars. It's got a very, very good shot of these pictures. What conclusion does all of this information seemingly point toward? In our headline above, we imply that the repercussions from an announcement that intelligent beings once inhabited Mars might make you lose your Christian faith. What is this inescapable conclusion from these strong, bold assertions. A staple doctrine among UFOologists is that a discovery would lead to the conclusion that the original myth, as well as the creation of man, was the direct result of intelligent extraterrestrial activity, or the benevolent creator astronauts. Benevolent creator astronauts theory is, is basically says E.T. equals God. Okay, that's where we're going with all of this. It's not just, oh wow, there's a face up on Mars, that's interesting. No, 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 no. What all, this, what all this is building toward, and the way this is being woven into the deception that Satan is spawning, and has spawned, is that the extraterrestrials are God. They created us. And again, this is exactly what intelligent design teaches. Okay, so... Since Judeo-Christian, since Judeo-Christian Bibles, the Bible holds that Jesus Christ is the creator of the entire universe, and again, that was the verses I just quoted, John 1, 1 through 3, when the top governments and scientists of the world begin to prove that the ET really created all the universe, many people will begin to doubt their faith. That's exactly the whole point of this whole thing. And that's why exactly why we need... You know, to be able to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. We need to be able to do that. Now more than ever, be as the Bereans, who are more noble than those in Thessalonica, because they sought these things out in the scriptures, whether they be so. So we need to be able to do this. This article goes on to say, do you have arguments you need to defend... Do you have the arguments you need to defend your Christian faith? Well, that's exactly why I'm doing this study today. That's why. That, I mean, you can always come back to the study on Sermons Audio and, and re-listen to it because I'm going to try to equip you and give you the tools to defend yourselves. Going on, this is another, um, actually it's a continuation of that article. One of the more troubling aspects of the benevolent creator astronaut view is the related abduction scenario associated with certain types of aliens. The taking of persons against their own will, often followed by intrusive probes, genetic tinkering, embryo farming, and, and other experimental processes. The abduction by shadowy forces for reasons unknown is viewed by most experiencers and researchers as impersonal, malevolent, and demonic. That word malevolent means evil. Not benevolent, malevolent. So moving back, uh, moving on, we have Maurice Kogel, PhD, of the, I don't know, 
BCETS, I don't know what that is, some organizations with, says, in my research, I gathered data, in part, from the Roper organization entitled Unusual, Unusual Personal Experiences. The opening statement of the publisher of the Roper Report reads as follows. This report to mental health professionals presents the combined data from three national surveys of nearly 6,000 adult Americans. Okay. It is a collective effort of the professor of psychiatry of Harvard Medical School, a professor of sociology of Eastern Michigan University, an associate professor at the History of Temple University, a, a psych, psychiatric therapist from Springfield, Missouri, an author and researcher from New York, and a large polling organization. This report on the unusual personal experiences concerns the relations between these experiences and what is to be called the UFO abduction syndrome. Now this is Harvard and all these universities doing a study on this. 6,000 people. The Roper survey, which was conducted in 1991, suggests that hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of American men, women, and children have experienced abduction or abduction-related phenomenon. The article in the survey, which was based on 5,947 Americans, are not intended to convince anyone that this phenomenon exists. The incidence of the abduction experiences are reported as being 2% of the population, or 3.7 million Americans, in 1991. That was in 1991, 2%. Now, let me tell you what they did, and I think they were pretty objective here. They had five criteria for these alien abduction experiences, okay? You had to at least match four out of the five in order for them to even count you as part of the two percent. But do you know how many people had at least one experience? Some, some type of alien related experience? About at least one third. It was about 1,800 out of the, out of the 5,900. So actually that's a little more than a third. So this says two percent. But that's being very conservative because I think they were objective in the way they did this. Now, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the psychiatry industry. Don't, please don't mistake me there. But it seems as though the way they conducted this experiment was pretty objective to me. Because they didn't even count the others. But even 2%. In 1991, that would have been 3.7 million people. And I think that's conservative. Now, hold on. Are all these people just liars? They're all just liars. Why, why is it then where we could go back a hundred years ago, this was non-existent? This did not happen. Why is it now? Well, could it be because of what Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man? Because we're going to look at that a lot further, that statement. What was going on in Noah's day? Huh. Fallen angels coming down, procreating with women, creating a hybrid race of giants? Huh. Is that my imagination? Well, if you take the Bible literally and you believe Genesis chapter 6, that's exactly what happened. We're going to go into it further, though, later. Associate Professor of Psychology Elizabeth L. Hillstrom points out in her book, Testing the Spirits, that a growing number of academics also associate the UFO knots, I guess these are the people that study UFO, whoever or whatever they are, with historical demons. Okay, so this is something that the... Uh, this is just a, uh, a secular psychologist associates the UFO phenomenon and the subduction with the um, ancient... With, with the historical definition of what a demon is. 
She writes, from a Christian perspective, Valet's explanation of the UFOs is the most striking because of its parallels with demonic activity. UFO investigators have noticed these similarities. Valet himself, drawn from the extra-biblical literature on the demonic activities, establishes a number of parallels between the UFOs and demons. Perry Gurin, a UFO researcher and a scientist associated with the National Council for Scientific Research, is not so cautious. He says, quote, the modern UFO knots, I guess these are the people that pilot the UFOs, I'm sorry, the modern UFO knots and the demons of past days are probably identical, end of quote. Now these are secular researchers. These aren't anybody with a Christian bias. They're even saying this. Veteran researcher John Creel, of the, who wrote UFOs, Operation Trojan Horse, and other books on the subject, comes to the same conclusion. He says, quote, The UFO manifestations seem to be, by and large, merely minor variations of the age-old uh, demonological phenomenon. End of quote. Yet if a portion of a flying saucer activity is in the biblical sense demonic, what nefarious purpose would it be served by the stealthy nature of the UFO phenomenon? According to some, the answer is diabolical. UFOism, they say, is aimed at preparing the earth for an extraterrestrial return of the creator gods. Just like intelligent design says. Just like a lot of the... This is exactly what these abductees are reporting back that the aliens are basically telling them. That they're preparing us for their return. They've got to come back. They've got to straighten things out. And it's soon. The only thing holding us back is the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ. Because they have to get permission from the Lord to do these things. They can't just come back and do whatever they want, thank God. To put it bluntly, some believe we're being prepared for a collapse of man's dominant religions. Oh me! Well, think about it. If the if these if these guys have their national coming out party, their, their worldwide coming out party, this is known this is known in UFOlogy as the disclosure event. This is what they call it. When They're not saying it's a matter of if it's going to happen, but when disclosure, it's called disclosure, happens, when UFOs make, when these guys, these alien, supposed alien races, make themselves known, when this happens, um, they're, uh, they're going to come forth, and they're going to basically say, we are your creators, you're our science project, We've got to straighten things out, and we're here to do that. And they're preparing us for that, from all of the things we've, we've been exposed to over the last 60 plus years. So, but, what would this do? More importantly, we're being prepared for the collapse of man's dominant religions. Primarily Christianity. That's the only one that's really going to have a rough time with it. Because the other religions are going to be able to meld it into what they're already doing. But true Bible-believing Christianity, although the lukewarm church will embrace this, I believe, but true Bible-believing Christianity could never accept this, ever. Ever. If this is true, our faith is vain. And we're all dead in our sins, as the Bible says. But it's not true. It's a lie from the pit of hell. I'm here to tell you it is. How will this collapse of 
of man's dominant religions happen? It will happen in two ways, they predict. First, alien religion, as reported in hundreds of abduction cases, is one of evolutionary humans on the verge of extraordinary telepathic and technological emergence. Oh, doesn't that sound nice? In which transhumanism will pave the way for harmonic and spiritual convergence to the community of space brothers. You know, I really feel inspired right now to get into a lotus position, to contemplate my navel or my inner child. I, I, you know, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm feeling that nice new age feeling coming all over me. Hooked on a feeling. Sorry, I got a little crazy there. but So, this is reported in all these alien cases. That these evolutionary humans, well, how would that how would that work? Well, the aliens came down and they seeded the earth. And that way we could even line up with Darwinism a little bit. If not totally. Evolutionary Hermans on the verge of extraordinary telepathic and technological emergence. See, they always that's what Satan always does. He always comes with some big carrot saying that we're going to be as gods, just like he told Eve in the Garden of Eden. We're going we're gonna to be able to do this. In which transhumanism will pave the way for harmonic and spiritual convergence to the community of space brothers. Well, doesn't that sound wonderful? We're going to look more at transhumanism. What is transhumanism? You're going to hear this word a lot. Okay, So, you need to know what it means. Mitch Porter, evidently an expert on the subject, says transhumanism is the doctrine that we can and should become more than human. You shall be as gods, as Satan said to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Natasha Vita Moore says transhumanism, or they refer to it as TH. If you're really hip, you refer to it as TH. Just so you know. Anyway, transhumanism is the commitment to overcoming human limits in all their forms, including extended lifespan, augmenting intelligence, perpetually increasing knowledge, achieving complete control over our personalities and identities, and gaining the ability to leave the planet. Transhumanists seek to achieve these goals through reason, science, and technology. Wasn't that special? Robin Hansen says, Transhumanism is the idea that the new technologies are likely to change the world so much in the next century or two that our descendants will, in, in many ways, no longer be human we're going to be as gods. Yeah, we were discussing how transhumanism is has really been, really through um, one of the philosophers, Nietzsche, uh, he was one of the guys that paved the way for this theory a, a long time ago. Was it 200 years or, or 150 around there? You know, and then we look at we, you can look at somebody like Hitler. And what were they trying to create there? They were trying to create the Aryan race, the superior Nordic Aryan race that had the pure blood and this and this race of godmen. That's what they called themselves, godmen. So see, this is the temptation that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden that Satan first laid out. And Satan hasn't changed, and, and human nature hasn't changed. See, Satan had to, had to be able to put something in front of us that was appealing to us. So neither of us have changed. Human nature hasn't either has Satan. He's still doing the same things. And the New Age movement is, this is the whole crux of the New Age movement. This whole thing. So, we've, we've discussed one of the ways that, that um, we're being prepared for the collapse of man's dominant religions. Transhumanism is one way. 
Um, and then the, the whole um, the whole intelligent design ancient astronaut theory of transhumanism this is one way but the second way will be from a technological standpoint the UFO sightings will challenge the claim of human superiority and dispute our unique role in the universe we are made to feel shallow underdeveloped unenlightened if we consider rejecting the new universal religion because they're going to do all these lines, signs and wonders to make you feel like you're a little peon well I can't I can't call fire down from heaven and I can't ride around in a UFO and I can't walk through walls and I can't do this or that. I'm not as good as them. Don't believe that lie either. Jesus, I mean the Bible says he will come with all lying signs and wonders and that strong delusion is coming and if it were possible even the very elect would be deceived. Well that's where we're going right now. So if you, if you go by sight and sound and signs and wonders, what does Jesus say? He said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. So if that's where you're going to go by, you're going to get deluded and deceived. Period. You have to go back to the solid rock of Christ Jesus. The Word of God. You have to do that. That's what you have to have your faith based on. Period. No matter what else happens around you. You have to get to that point because I believe we're going to be tested and tried in this area. We, we really are in some ways right now. It's preliminary. But it's going to get a lot worse. So, ETs bearing this message will often point out that they will be reappearing at any moment to assist us in our big, in our next big evolutionary, this will line up with Darwinism, evolutionary, spiritual, and technological step forward. See, we're evolving into something better. You know, all I do is look around and say, we're evolving into something more debased as a society. So now, let's, let's look at this a little bit further. The ETs, they're, they're going to be, they're bearing this message. They're going to be re reappearing at any moment, any moment, to assist us. Huh. Case in point, let's talk about Lord Maitreya. No, I'm okay. Who's Lord Maitreya? Well, Lord Betraya is a guy that has a United Nations sponsored website. It's called Share International. Just do a keyword search for Share International. You get his website. He's been around for a long time. Now, the, the website does not admit to being UN sponsored now, but at one time it did. In fact, I even have that original um, information I copied and pasted off his website before they took it down. This is a United Nations sponsored website. Who is Lord Maitreya? Well, I'm going to read you a little bit from his uh, his website. This is straight from his website. I, this is not biased information I'm giving you here. In the midst of war, fear, and famine, new hope is in the world for us all. Now many expect the return of their awaited teacher. Remember what I just said that they could, they could emerge in any minute. That's what they're saying. That's what they've been saying. Many now expect the return of their awaited teacher. He is awaited by all religious groups, such as Christ by the Christians, the 12th Imam, or Imam Mahandi, by the Muslims. Now, this is the one the Muslims are expecting. By the Jews, they're known as... The Jews are is known as the Messiah, as Krishna by the Hindus, and as Maitreya Buddha by the Buddhists. Millions of us now know that the teacher who fulfills these expectations is already living among us. Oh, well, I just... I didn't get the memo. I'm sorry. 
I just didn't get the memo on that one. Maitreya, the world teacher, has not come alone, but with a group of wise teachers, the masters. These are guys, did you ever watch the golf tournament, the masters? Okay, it's, it's the major golf tournament that there is. And what happens is, when they win the golf tournament, if you win it, you get a green jacket. Okay, so all these ascended masters are walking around in master's jackets. That's how you'll know them. They got their green jackets, and they, they got their golf clubs too. Okay, and I just made that up, I'm sorry. I'm trying to inject a little levity into this, because this is a really serious subject, and it could become a downer for some. But I couldn't, I couldn't resist, I just couldn't resist. But anyway, this, this, this Lord Maitreya, Okay, now, Lord with a, cap, with a small L, not a, not, not a big L like Jesus. Lord Maitreya, the world teacher, he's not come alone. Oh no. He's come with his group of wise teachers called the Masters, who have long guided humanity from behind the scenes. They are returning to the everyday world to help us solve our most critical global problems. Oh, isn't that nice? Maitreya is not a religious leader, but an educator in the broadest sense. Now, that's a lie from the pit of hell, too. But he's a liar. Here he is to inspire us to create a new era based on sharing and justice, so that all may have the basic necessities of life, food, shelter, health care, and education. One big happy global family. Isn't that special? His open mission in the world is about to begin. As Maitreya himself has said, soon, very soon now, you will see my face and hear my words. Okay? This is what this guy's saying. So, we go a little further into his website. Now, I've done, I'm not going to get into an advanced study on Lord Maitreya today. I've done that a little bit in some other studies that I probably haven't even put up on the internet yet. Because uh, i still got about 20 messages to put up on the internet still. But, uh, we'll, we'll get it up there. And, I'm looking at, again, a picture of his website. This is, you can take an introductory tour if you go up to his website. You know, it doesn't even cost you any money. It's, it's free. This is a brief overview, highly recommended for first-time visitors to get enlightenment. This is a picture of Lord Maitreya, appears out of the blue to the people everywhere, always in a form that inspires recognition. So he comes as the great angel of light deceiver in a shape or in a form that the people of that culture will recognize and revere. But the Bible says if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, it's no marvel if his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. So, Maitreya always appears in a good way to whoever he appears to. He's like a chameleon. So, this is a picture... Um, in this way, he, he seeks to prepare us for his public emergence and to communicate his teachings and priorities for a just world. His first appearance was on June 11, 1988 in Nairobi, Kenya to 6,000 people who saw him as Jesus Christ in the photo now let me tell you just a brief history on this the day before or two days before that happened Reinhard Bunke an evangelist of the Benny Hinn ilk type uh, hyper Pentecostal these types of things which is what I came out of I'm not judging I, I came out of that junk okay but he was over it, near Nairobi, Kenya doing a uh, one of his Crusades, 500,000 people or whatever, and he said within, it was, he, he predicted the date exactly, within one or two days, Jesus Christ would bodily appear in this area to a group of villagers. And guess what? Lord Maitreya appears two days later. Well, that's pretty good. I wonder who gave him that information. 
Could it have been Jesus Christ? Now, if he would have said the devil was going to appear in two days in a bodily form in this area, I would say yes, Jesus gave him that information. But since he said it was going to be Jesus Christ, hmm, the Bible says that if Jesus said that, that if men tell you that I am here or there, or Christ is here or there, believe them not. Believe them not. He says that. Don't believe these lies. Be not deceived. He kept, Jesus Christ kept saying that over and over about the end times that we're moving into. Be not deceived. Well, here we have a guy calling himself Jesus Christ. Of course, his gospel is totally contrary to Jesus Christ. Saying, and he just appears out of nowhere. He just materializes. Well, whoa, whoa. He couldn't do that. That's not... Well, didn't the Bible say that he was going to come with all lying signs and wonders? What is that for the devil? To materialize. Okay? Now, there's a Q&A section. I call... I entitled it, The Devil Matreya Answers Your Questions. So we're going to do a little Q&A here. See what Lord Matreya has to say. Now, am I saying this guy's the Antichrist? I'm not saying 100% for sure. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I'm not going to get totally dogmatic about it, but I'll tell you what, he's about the closest thing I've ever seen. And again, what I'm giving you today is just a little, little, I have got a, literally a whole file on Matreya. I've got a whole thick file on this guy. I, th this is just the tip of the iceberg, what I'm giving you here. Okay, so this, if this is overwhelming, just email me and I'll, I'll load your boat on, with more. This is just a little bit. So, question. This is to Lord. This is to the devil Maitreya. If the new Messiah comes, does this mean that the end of the world is near? Maitreya's answer. Maitreya is here. It's always good when you talk about yourself in third person. You know you have no shortage of ego problems when you start talking about yourself in third person. But would we expect any less from, you know, devil Maitreya? Maitreya is here as the world teacher. Is this the end? On the contrary, this is the beginning of a new time for humanity, but a humanity chastened and relieved of its illusions and destructiveness. For 2,000 years, the Christian groups have taught this account of the return of Christ. Coming on a cloud in the last days of the world, the end days, this, I submit, is a completely wrong interpretation of Christian scriptures, straight from the devil's stinking mouth. He says this is a complete wrong interpretation of Christian scriptures. Again, what is he doing? He's questioning the word of God. Yea, hath God said, the serpent said to Eve. He's doing no different. He's just doing it in a different package now. So, completely wrong interpretation of Christian scriptures, which has distorted Christian expectations of Christ's return. See, he's got a better way. The so-called end times are not with the end of the world, but with the end of the age of Pisces. Ah, let's get into the Zodiac now. In, inaugurated by Christ through Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, he promised to return at such a time as you think not. So he's quoting Bible now. To inaugurate the new age that is of Aquarius. Remember, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Yeah, you know. In the 60s, remember that? Okay, so... This is, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. This time he has come, in, has come himself to... 
this time he has come himself to explain the teaching given through Jesus and to prepare the world for the Aquarian experience. We, does that mean like we're all going to live in aquariums? I always wondered about that. Oh, are we going to be obsessed with aquariums maybe? We're all going to like take up that... There's going to be like millions of people with aquariums? I don't know. Anyway, sorry, just kidding there. Um, so, this devil Maitreya saying that and, and every time he speaks of himself in third person, he capitalizes the name. Like, this time he, he even capitalizes he, has come himself. Even the Bible doesn't even do that. This guy has no shortage of ego here. Okay? He's a legend in his own mind. If I've ever I've seen one. So anyway, um, so we're being prepared for this Aquarian experience. What we will look forward to is not the end of the world, which will, which will not take place for millions of years ahead. Oh, good. glad we got that straight now. Millions of years, sounds like evolution. But for the creation of the new civilization based on higher and truer, truer spiritual values than were possible for, for humanity at the time of Jesus. So in other words, we're going to have something so much better than the Bible. We're going to live for a million years. What a stinking devil from the pit of hell. You know, you, you, you can't help but not want God to just strike this devil dead. But the thing is, is God said he was going to send a strong delusion, and this man's part of it. So this Lord Maitreya is saying that he has come to expand the teaching given through Jesus Christ. Now, what would that be? That would be the Bible, because the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, the Word, the incarnate Word, was Jesus Christ, but the written Word was, is our Bible. So this Bible we've got here is just really kind of teachings to prepare us for the true, really enlightened Aquarian experience. Which is kind of funny. Why would something be preparing us? Why would the Word of God be preparing us for something that is totally contradictory to what these devils are saying we're going into? I mean, I can understand if this was a New Age Bible preparing us for the New Age. But this is totally contradictory. So... Already, how many stinking lies have we just caught this devil in? How, how many? I mean, all he says is lie. Well, the Bible says that, that Satan is the father of lies. And there's no truth in them. There's no truth. They're none. So, he says, Lord, back to uh, good old devil Maitreya, this time he has come himself to expand the teaching given through Jesus and to prepare the world for the Aquarian experience. What we have to look forward to is not the end of the world, which will take place from... Oh, I've already read all this. I'm sorry. Jesus himself, now a master. Oh, he finally... Jesus is now a master. Works with, with the Christ, Lord Maitreya, on a daily basis and will reform the Christian churches and teaching as his part in the great plan. Well, isn't that nice? We've got him putting himself above Jesus Christ, who is just now a master. He's just making the grade. And Maitreya is really the guy that's going to bring us into this Aquarian experience. And Jesus is actually going to come back to prepare the churches to accept this teaching. Well, what do you mean? How could Jesus come back? Well, we're going to look at that in a second. Well, we're going to look at that. Here's another question. For Devil Maitreya. There seems, from all internet and general media reports, to be a lot of UFO activity over Latin American countries. Why is there so much, ac why is there so much UFO activity there? 
Answer. Actually, it's not confined to Latin America. There is an increase of UFO activity in many parts of the world. This will continue on an increasing scale up to and beyond the emergence of Maitreya into the open. You hear what he just said? This is from Devil Maitreya. He's saying, if you think we've seen UFO activity, and UFOs are spotted all over. I mean, so there's so many people that have actually seen them. I believe I've even saw one once. Millions and millions of people in America. Are, are they all nuts? Is that what it is? Are we just all nuts? Okay. But this Maitreya guy is saying this will continue on an increasing scale up to and beyond the emergence of Maitreya into the open. Why? Because it's preparing us for the strong delusion. Yeah. And not only, the, not only the overt UFO activity, think about Hollywood. Think about all of the miniseries where they have UFO stuff. Think about all the stuff on, on, on primetime, uh, all the movies that have come out, all the stuff from Hollywood. I mean, there's, we're, we're being conditioned so many different ways that when it happens, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to be anticlimactic, but we're sure going to be prepared. So now, let's look, at, let's look at this a little bit further, because I'm really trying to tie all this together. This is an article that ran recently called, Iran Prepares People for Messiah Miracles. Iran. The government broadcasts a series of imminent appearance of apocalyptic Islamic Mahandi. Now remember, one of the things this devil Maitreya called himself was the 12th Imam, or Imam Mahandi. That was one of the things Maitreya called himself on his website. Iran prepares people for Messiah miracles. The government did this. Government broadcast series of imminent appearance of apocalyptic Islamic Mahandi. This Imam Mahandi. The official Iranian radio has completed broadcasting a lengthy series on the imminent appearance of a Masonic figure. Messianic. Uh, he really is Masonic. He's probably going to be a 33rd degree Mason too. The um, imminent appearance of a Masonic figure who will defeat Islam's enemies and impose Islamic Shiite rule over the entire world, even speculating on the specific dates the so-called Mahandi will be revealed. After the coming of the 12th Imam, or Mahandi, or Mahandi Imam, the liberal democratic civilizations will be found only in history museums explain the program. So we're all going to be wiped out. See, this is one of the reasons Iran's kind of over there saying, bring it on. Okay? To America. Because they believe that the only way this Imam Mahandi is going, this 12th Imam, is going to emerge is through a lot of blood and warfare. Even on their part. A lot of people are even going to have to die in their end, they, they believe. In order for this devil to appear. It's almost like through bloodshed shed, we're going to invoke this devil to appear, which is really actually true. Now again, this is going to be tying very, very much into, I believe, World War III and the emergence of the Antichrist. What we're talking about here. Contrary, now this is from this Iranian broadcast. Okay, this is very recent too. Contrary to the views of Western theoreticians, I don't even know what that means, who usually depict an ambiguous and dark future for mankind, Muslim experts believe human history, despite its various ups and downs, has a very auspicious fate, explained the program. Quote, Muslims believe hopes for realization of such a happy ending for the world are called awaiting redemption, are, call, are, 
called awaiting redemption. And it means waiting for man's problems to be solved by the Savior at the end time. The Messianic figure will be a direct descendant of Muhammad, according to their broadcasts. Quote, in short, when he reappears, peace, justice, and security will overcome the oppression, deceit, and the one world government, the most perfect ever, will be established. Now, they have nothing to do with Lord Maitreya's website. These, this, this article has nothing whatsoever to do. Yet they're expecting really the same thing as what Lord Maitreya is saying is going to happen. The Mahandi will appear suddenly, according to the report in Mecca. That's where I go to get all my news, Mecca. Though no one can know the day... Uh, Quote, another beautiful moment of the Savior's appearance is the coming down of the prophet Jesus from heaven. Now the Muslims are saying this. Oh me, the prophet Jesus? Sure, in their Quran they talk about Jesus as a good, as a good man and a good prophet. They don't, they don't go against, they don't, obviously, if they were to receive the full word of God, they would despise Jesus. But they're only going by what the Quran says. Okay? But this is another thing that's going to happen when the, this 12th Imam, this, this Imam of Mahandi appear. What else is going to happen? Another beautiful moment of the Savior's appearance is the coming down of the Prophet Jesus from heaven. Says the report, Imam Mahandi receives him courteously and asks him to lead the prayers. He's always oh, in that nice. Lord Maitreya is going to ask, ask the Prophet Jesus to lead the prayers. Okay? But Jesus says, you are more qualified for me than this. You are more qualified than me to lead the prayers. He says this to the... What's stinking blasphemy? We read the book, Tazarat O Ali, quote, the Mahandi will come with Jesus, son of, son of Mary accompanying him. This indicates that these two great men will complement each other. <laughs> These stinking devils. The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. And this is pure confusion. For, for a Christian, can you imagine if you weren't grounded? This would be pure confusion. But see, God's not the author of it. God cannot yield both salt and fresh water from a fountain. This is a lie from the pit of hell. God has no concord. Christ has no concord with Belial. As it talks about in 2 Corinthians 2.14. He, no, he has no agreement with the devil. This is a lie from the pit of hell. This is the strong delusion. Part of it that's coming. Now you say, oh, this is just fringe stuff, crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. This is what the Islam, the, the Islamic people believe in. Most likely, World War III is going to erupt through the Islamic world. Particularly, we're looking at Iran, as we've talked about in previous weeks. There's not a better scenario that I see coming down the pike than this. There's not. I'm sorry. Can I say I'm totally dogmatic and I can prognosticate the future? No, I'm not saying that, but this is the best scenario I have seen from my research that goes back 15 years now. So this indicates these two great men complement each other. This is back to this blasphemous article. The Imam Mahandi will be the leader, while Prophet Jesus will act as his lieutenant. In the struggle against oppression and establishment of justice in this world, Jesus had himself had himself given the tidings of the coming of, the, of God's last messenger and will see Muhammad's ideals materialize in the time of the Mahandi. Well, isn't that special? Isn't that special? Now, let's look at this even further. This is a picture of Jesus and Lady Magda. Taken from the New Age files. Now, I've got, I'm looking at a picture here of 
Jesus. Well, this is the pictures that we say are Jesus, right? All those pictures are real, aren't they? Oh yeah, they're real, right? The, the, the pictures the Catholic Church has always portrayed, and like the, the like what the Catholic Church says about the Shroud of Turin, that it's real, that this perfect picture on the Shroud of Turin, like that's real, it's been proven to be a fake ten times over. Let me, let me tell you something about the Shroud of Turin. The Bible says that his vision, his visage was more marred than any other man. It says that about Jesus. How could you have a perfect impression on a shroud when his vision was more marred than any man ever was ever? He had more blood, was, was, more, was, was more disfigured than any other man. And you're telling me, the Shroud of Turin, we have this perfect image on this thing, this Catholic relic. Give me a stinking break. Don't believe it for a second. Because Jesus would make sure, number one, something like that wouldn't survive because he knew that people would worship it. Like all the Catholics do. They bow down themselves to all these relics and all these bones and all these stupid things that the Bible says we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to bow down ourselves to idols. These are idols. That's just a little sidebar there for you. But I'm looking at this picture of Lord Maitreya. And he, he's a fun looking guy. He's, he's a fun looking guy. You ever, you ever see that picture of him? Yeah. Yeah, go, so, so no matter real quick. I, I'm looking at a picture of Lord Maitreya. This so-called pseudo-picture of Jesus. And um, then um, Mary Magda. Oh, me. Now now the plot's really going to thicken. Oh, boy. This is a roller coaster ride, This today's lesson. This is a roller coaster ride because what I believe the Lord had me do this week is tie all this deception of the Da Vinci Code, of Holy Blood, Holy Grail, of this new movie Bloodline, all these deceptions about... The lost tomb of Jesus. Jesus being married to Mary Magdalene. All these things, they're coming together. They're coming together. And they're coming together through these supposed masters and ascended masters that are right on the cusp of making their appearance to the great world religions. And if God said He was going to send a strong delusion, what's to think that this really isn't going to happen? Do you think it's going to get better and better and better? Gooder and gooder? It's not going to happen. This is coming. But you know something? God is still on the throne. I don't let the... This is just a confirmation of Scripture. Don't let this get you down. God is still on the throne. Look up for your redemption. Draw up nigh. So. Jesus... Okay, so. Th then we see this picture of Jesus and Lady Magda. Who's also Mary Magdalene. This is taken from the New Age Files. And supposedly it's this picture of of Mary walking behind Jesus and Jesus is talking to some some philosopher. So, again, I showed everybody this picture of this supposed picture of um, Jesus and Lady Magda, Jesus talking to some whoever it was. Now, notice in these pictures, Jesus always has this long, flowing hair. But the Bible says, doesn't nature therefore... Therefore, itself teacheth us that it is a that it is a shame for a man to have long hair. It says that in the New Testament. I, I don't know book, chapter, verse on that one in my mind. But do a keyword search. Do a keyword search. Shame to have long hair. Why would Jesus, if if he was the incarnate and in written word, why would he in his word? say that it's a shame for a man to have long hair. In every single Jesus picture you ever see, he's got like this unbelievably long hair. Why is that? Maybe we're being deceived. We're not supposed to bow down ourselves to images or pictures and things of this nature, number one. Where, tell, show me that in the New Testament. 
where we're supposed to do that. Even in the old. That's called idol worship. We do not want to do this. Okay? So, these are things that, um, there are things to ponder. Now, as World Daily Net reported last month, in a greeting to the world's Christians for the coming new year, Iranian President Mohammad Ahmadinejad, whatever you say his name, said he expects both Jesus and the 12th Imam, the Imam Mahani, to return and wipe away oppression. The, the Muslims, the Muslims who we are most likely to go to war with, because of Christian Zionism, as we've reported in the previous weeks, all the Christian Zionists are saying, we got to go nuke them. we got to nuke Iran out of existence. Bush, is, Bush and Cheney, we got to nuke them. They want the oil. They want the power. They want death. Okay? But the, even, even the Iranian president himself is saying that the 12th Imam and Jesus are going to return and wipe away oppression. They both want it. That's why I'm saying, really be careful who you align yourself with. Because if you align yourself with the Christian Zionists, don't think the spirits that operate and emanate through the Christian Zionists will not affect you. If you align yourself with an unsafe, if you think that Bush is a wonderful man of God, or Cheney, those spirits that emanate and operate through them will affect you in a very negative way. False religion will affect you. So you have to be careful. That's why the Bible says, Wherefore come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be as my children. That's why, that's why the Word of God says that. Okay? We have to be separate in order to be accepted by the Lord. We, we can't just be immersed in sin and, and degradation and all these things and expect not to be deceived and expect God to, to receive us. Going further, it says, I wish all Christians a very happy new year and I wish to ask them a question as well, said the Amah Hajadin. This is the Iranian president. According to the Iranian news student agency report cited by they give the news start he says now this is this is the Iranian questions president this is this is his question to us Christians this is what he asks us my one question from the Christians is what would Jesus do if he were present in the world today now he's you know how you can tell this Iranian president he wears what are those what would Jesus do bracelets he's got a whole bunch of them just kidding Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. What would Jesus do if he were present in the world today? What would he do before some of the oppressive powers of the world who are in fact residing in Christian countries? Which powers would he revive and which of them would he destroy? Asked the Iranian leader. If Jesus were present today, who would be facing him and who would be following him? Well, I can tell you one thing. He wouldn't be on either side. Because I don't think he's got anything to do with either the Islamic religion, which totally rejects Jesus Christ, or the lukewarm pseudo-Christianity of, Christ, of, of America, or the Catholic, of Catholicism. He's not going to be on either. They're both, they're both vile in his eyes, okay? They've both chosen to go their own way, as Balaam did. And then, 
it says the Ahmadinejad's mystical preoccupation with the coming of the Mahandi is raising concerns that a nuclear-armed Islamic Republic tr- could trigger the kind of global conflagration he envisions will set the stage for the end of the world. And this is what cutting-edge ministry has been saying for a long time, and I really have to agree that I think it's the best possible case scenario for the emergence of the Antichrist. World War III, which, which the occultists have been planning for a hundred years plus. Okay? In order for World War III to happen, most likely it's going to be Israel and America against the Arab nations, and out of the ashes of that, World War III is going to arise the Antichrist, and most likely his ascended master brethren, and there's probably going to be a mass deception at that point. They're going to hit us when we are our weakest, and many are going to come, many are going to fall away, and the love of many is going to wax cold. And there'll be a deception like the world's never known. In a videotape meeting with the Ayatollah, Ayatollah Javadi in Tehran, the Ahmadinejad discussed candidly a strange paranormal experience he had while addressing the United Nations in New York last year. Now this is great. You've got the the president of the Iranian nation, a total sold-out Muslim, demon-possessed to the toenails, addressing the United States, and he had a paranormal experience. Well, let's read about his paranormal experience. He recounts how he found himself bathed in a light throughout the speech. But this wasn't the light directed at the podium by the UN and the television cameras. It was, he said, a light from heaven. Well, isn't that special? According to a transcript of his comments, obtained and translated by Joseph Farah of the G2 Bulletin, the Iranian president wasn't the only one who noticed the unearthly light. One of his aides brought it to his attention. The Ahmadinejad agreed that he sensed the same thing. He sees his main mission, as he recounted in a November 16th speech in Tehran, as to pave the way for the glorious reappearance of the Imam Mahandi. May Allah hasten his reappearance. Allah, the moon god that has nothing to do with Christ. He's a stinking, basically a fallen angel. Okay? But see, this guy, this Iranian president, just like um, Saddam Hussein thought that he was Nebuchadnezzar reincarnated and went so far as to actually mint coins with his image and Nebuchadnezzar's image in the background, this guy thinks he's been put on this earth at this appointed time to bring about the emergence of this 12th imam. And who better a candidate? He may be exactly right. The, the Iranian president recalled um, the, this was, I already read that uh, no, the Iranian president recalled that being told, told about it by one of his delegations when you begin with the words in the name of Allah I saw a light coming surrounding you and protecting you to the end oh yeah right this is when he was giving this speech at the United Nations of all places what's pretty appropriate if the devil's going to probably manifest any lying signs and wonders, why not the United Nations? According to the Shiites, the 12th Imam disappeared as a child in the year 941. When he returns, they believe he will reign on earth for seven years before bringing about final judgment in the end of the world. Supposedly, this 12th Imam fell down a well. And, um, I guess he's coming back what they believe and he will reign on earth for seven years wow huh I wonder if that lines up with scripture this 12th imam this devil 
that they're expecting to be the return. Now, Lord Betray is saying he's all these things. Whether he actually manifests that way, whether he actually goes through, I don't know. But he's a good candidate. This 12th Imam is predicted in the Quran that when he does come back, he's going to reign for seven years. Oh, doesn't that sound like the seven year tribulation? And let me ask you a question. When he comes back, it sounds like he's going to come back right at the start of the seven year tribulation because he's going to be the one that arises out of the ashes of World War III to bring seven years of peace. It's all right here. It's all lining up. And this isn't even... You can't accuse me of having a Christian bias. <laughs> They're saying this. I didn't even... I mean, when I read that, I'm like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what they said about this imam guy. So see, even the devil has prepositioned his counterfeit plan in other counterfeit things like the Quran and these types of things. The Iranian president is urging Iranians to prepare for the coming of the Mahani by turning the country into a mighty and advanced Islamic society and by avoiding the corruption and excesses of the West. All of Iran is buzzing about the Mahandi, the 12th Imam, the role that the, Iran, that the Iranian president are playing in his anticipated return. There is even a Messiah hotline. Isn't that great? There is news, and they must, they must have taken a clue from uh, Benny Hinn and all these TBN ministries and stuff. You know, they got their hotlines call in and we'll, you know, pray for the Mahani's return. I don't know, we'll accept your donations here. You know, give $5 and we'll send you a free autograph Mahandi uh, pictorial. I don't know. Who knows how, what, what way they're trying to get money. There's news agencies especially devoted to the latest developments. Quote, people are anxious to know when and how he will arise and what they must do to receive this worldwide salvation. See, that's what they're already doing to precondition us for the mark of the beast. Great point. How are we going to receive this worldwide salvation? Well, let me tell you something. If you receive that worldwide salvation, there is no hope for you. You cannot take the mark of the beast and go to heaven. You can't. The Bible says you can in Revelations. It's clear. It's not like Tim LaHaye's series of teaching where you could take the mark of the beast as long as your heart's in the right place. That man's going to be in some serious hot water when he gets to hell. Because I don't believe he's a Christian. I don't. I don't believe any of them at that level are Christians. I think they're pre-planted from Satan. Satan would not let them get to that level in those demonic ministries unless they were sold out to him. God's still in control, but he's the one permitting the strong delusion. Please keep that in mind. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong about some of them. But I, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, if, if they're at that level, I have to question it. And you never get, you never get the full story from, from the televangelists, ever. You never, ever, ever get the full story from these guys. You might get a little bit of truth, but then again, that's no big shake for Satan. Rat poison is, is 2% poison and 98% truth. Good food or whatever for rats. It's only the 2%. A little leaven, which is always a type of sin, leaveneth the whole lump. Wherefore then purge out the old leaven that the whole lump be made new. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We need to purge out this leaven of deception. So, uh, a cleric at, at, uh, at the Bright Future Institute. Oh, isn't that the Bright Future Institute of Iran. How... how my word, how paradoxical is that? The Bright Future Incident in Institute of Iran? Do they have like smiley faces all over the building? What, what does this place look like? The Bright Future Institute of Iran Religious Center 
says, quote, the timing is not clear, but the conditions are more specific, he adds. There's, there is a saying, when the students are ready, the teacher will come. Uh, I'm going to start quoting Confucius any second, I don't know. Or maybe burst into a, hon- a sonnet or a haiku. Anyway, so that's one part. Now, remember how he mentioned this Jesus, prophet Jesus, master Jesus? Now, this is not the same Jesus of the Bible. Let's talk about Master Jesus. I got this from Wikipedia. The free encyclopedia you can get up. And the sum of this, I got a little bit. The Master Jesus is Jesus as conceived by the, metaphys- by the medical, metaphysical system of theosophy as opposed to the historical Jesus of Nazareth. Even Wikipedia has that right. They know it's different than... But see, he's not going to come as different. He's going to come as I am Jesus that came on this earth. I am. And you know what you said earlier, Nonetta, about the thousand year reign, when Jesus comes back? Well, this is what he's going to probably say. We're going to have a thousand years of peace. So the Christians are going to be preconditioned to accept, oh yeah, we're going to be going probably into the millennium, which would line up with dominionism, this, this, this movement of dominionism. Again, I can't be dogmatic how this is totally going to play out. I'm theorizing here, but the theories are plausible. It could go that way. So, even Wikipedia says this Jesus is conceived by the metaphysical system of theosophy. We're going to look at theosophy in a second. As opposed to the historical Jesus of Nazareth or the Jesus Christ of the Christian religion. This master Jesus is regarded by the theosophists as the master of the sixth ray. Ah, I feel like I'm getting in touch with my inner child just saying it. And then, we go further. The ascended master Jesus has Another name for him is Sananda. Oh, me. Who's this Samanda guy? Samanda. That's another, that's another one of his names. You didn't know that? Well, now I'm looking at a couple more pictures of Jesus. The classical pictures we see of Jesus in the churches. Oh, yes. Long hair. Compassionate. But this is actually... Master Sananda Jesus. This is Master Jesus who, who they're saying is um, is the one that, that's going to be coming back very, very soon. Master Sananda has taken a new position as world teacher and is in charge of reforming today's religions and creating a universal church. Wasn't well, that funny? Isn't it even up on Lord Maitreya's website or, 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 in that, or in the one where the Iranians were talking about how when the 12th Imam and Jesus are going to appear, that, you know, they're going to reform the Christian religions. Particularly, Jesus is going to form the Christian religions. Well, who better to reform it than Jesus? Because he's the only one we're, we're supposed to follow, right? Well, he's going to reform it. He's going to finally straighten us out. We've just misinterpreted Scripture the whole time. You know? This Jesus, this different Jesus, this false Jesus, is going to reform today's religions and create a universal church. Well, isn't that what the Bible says was going to happen in, in uh, the seven-year tribulation? There's going to be a one-world political system, one-world religious system, one-world currency. Who's going to be responsible? Master Jesus. The ascended masters, the Antichrist. They're all going to be working in concert. According to Master St. Germain, this is, here's another guy we're going to talk about. Master Sananda holds the office of the personal Christ as the great exemplar of each one's own holy Christ self. Now I got this off a 
off a um, website that went into detail on each ascended master that is getting ready to come upon the stage. I found this right on the internet. I mean, it's, it's not hard to find. These are what the New Age people believe. And, and the New Age is what we're moving into. We're moving into it. If it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. I guarantee you. A lot of elect are going to be deceived. Master Jesus Sananda has the task of purifying the Christian churches and removing the man-made dogmas and doctrines which have corrupted the purity of his teachings. What a lie from the stinking pit of hell. His word is pure. His word is pure. Let God be true and every man a liar. Yeah, it does. The Bible says in some... Um, 12 or 6 and 7, no Proverbs 12 or 6 and 7, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The Bible also says, forever, O Lord, thy words are settled in heaven. We have the word of God, if you have a King James Bible. But see, this Jesus, this false Jesus, is saying that supposedly his word was really wrong. But see, God's not the author of confusion. This is a devil. Okay? He's going to have to come back and remove all the man-made dogmas and doctrines. Now granted, there's a lot of bad man-made dog doctrines and dogmas. No, no doubt about it. The tradition of men have made the word of God of none effect. I agree with that part. But he's not going to, to be doing this in a good way. He's just going to be moving us further into the pit of hell. If he can. During his incarnation as Jesus, he came to teach us all that we have the power to create and heal. Again, the whole thing about lying signs and wonders. You shall be as gods, you know. Whole lie, repackaged. Jesus said, these and greater things ye shall do. See, they love to quote scripture. John 14, 12 through 22. They're, even, they're quoting scripture on a New Age website. They're quoting scripture. So, what the thing that we're being prepared for here is all the line signs and wonders that are coming from all the false miracles and all the healings. All that. All the televangelists. You wait. There's going to be line signs and wonders like you wouldn't believe. And people are going to be buying it hook, line, and sinker. He demonstrated God through His healings, His crucifixion, and His resurrection. On the outer plane, in the material world, He manifested the path of the initiate. Ah, uh, manifesting the path of the initiate. The path of every spiritual seeker will eventually result in the seeker's... I'm going to go to the next page here. The seeker's spiritual birth, spiritual death, or death of the ego, personality, physical body, and spiritual resurrection in the light of the spiritual realm. You notice how they always li really like to talk real high and lofty and sounding real nice with great flowing words of vanity. But inwardly... They are ravening wolves. They are whitened sepulchres full of dead man's bones, as Jesus called the, the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees. Here's a, here's a popular picture of Jesus. We have the popular picture of Jesus with the halo around his head. Ah, a halo. That's Christian, isn't it? No, it's actually an Egyptian sun disk. It's straight from the pit of hell. There is nothing good about a halo. There's nothing good about a long-haired hippie picture of Jesus, and there's nothing good about it if he's got a halo around him. It's from, Catholic, it's from the Catholics. They brought this. It's the Egyptian sun disk. 
is what it's it's what it's representative of. It's not representative of his divinity or something holy like they would have us believe. Understand if you've bought into any of this understand you have to look at where did it originate from. Most of these pictures originated from the Catholic Church because they are so big on idolatry. So much so that they removed the part about bowing yourself down to idols in the, in the Ten Commandments and they split the last commandments into two. They did this. I'm not making this up. Check it out on the internet. I've done teachings on this before, but I don't have time to get in, into it today. They actually removed one of the Ten Commandments. That's what the Catholic Church did. Okay. Regardless of your religion, now this is back to this demonic site. Regardless of your religion, you may call upon the fallen angel, ascend, I, I put in the fallen angel, sorry. Fallen angel, ascended master Sananda to aid and assist you in any area of your life. Oh, isn't that nice? You know, this is what most people want. They, they want. they want, you know, the big guy in the sky, uh, the heavenly bellhop, where they can pick up a phone, you know, ask what they want to get and hang up the phone and live like the devil. Well, th that's what they're saying they can give us. Sounds pretty good to most people. Whether you believe he is the only son of God, or whether you consider him an ascended master who came to earth as the world teacher or healer, you may call upon him. He indeed came to the earth to create a new religion and to and, and that might unite men. Unfortunately, the Christian church has distorted some of his teachings. Here we go again, from a totally unrelated stance. They say a lot to say that. He's, the Christian church has distorted things and has become what I personally believe was never intended. I believe that Master Sananda, as Jesus, intended that the words of God be given in a way that would be comprehensible to and would include every man, even the most common man. Well, well, I agree, and that's why we have the King James Bible, for that exact reason. But he's evidently saying that this is not good enough. And again, it's the same lie you got in the Garden of Eden when Satan questioned God's word to Eve. Yea, hath God said. He didn't really say that. Your Bible's not good enough. See, if he can destroy this, he's got us. He's got us. Because this is our foundation. The Word of God. Period. So, what does Proverbs 13.13 13 have to say? Well, Proverbs 13.13 13 says, Whoso despiseth the Word shall be destroyed. 13.13, 13, huh? Two numbers of rebellion. 13.13. 13. I think the one of the, the greatest ways you can rebel against God is by despising the Word of God. And what's the guarantee on that? That you will be destroyed. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Well, it just felt so right. I mean, you know, I, I, my, my heart was really in all of this. My, the, these ascended masters made me, give me goosebumps. And, and these guys from TBN, and, and all the, all the devil pat preachers out there that are, that are tickling, you know, my ears, and, 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 and all these things, they sound so right, they sound so genuine. Again, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end are over the ways of death. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs 28, 26. So these are things that you have to compare to scriptures, and if they don't line up the scriptures, then you reject them. Period. So, this is what's not getting done in the church. We're, we're, we're being taught to be basically spiritual idiots with no discernment whatsoever. They show another picture of this same picture of Jesus in Lady Mag... Now let's talk about Lady Magda. I refer to her as Lady Magpie. Sorry. Sorry. Have to inject a little bit of levity into this when we're talking about devils. So this is Lady Magna again. 
And then, look, we have, we have a picture of Lady Magda appearing pregnant with Jesus Christ next to her, the false Jesus, with long hair and the Egyptian sun disc. Guarantee you, that's a Catholic. I'm looking at a Catholic artwork. It's got to be. It's got to be a Catholic artwork that I'm looking at. We're being prepared for this one as much as anything. That's why I'm going into this today. Because, you know, five years ago you didn't hear a whole lot about Mary Magdalene. Maybe Mother Mary of the Catholic Church. But no, not, not Mary Magdalene. Well, this picture here is a stained glass picture. It's got to be in some kind of, looks like a Catholic church. Jesus, his Egyptian sun disc, his long flowing hair. Everything's totally unbiblical about that. He's holding hands with this Lady Magna. What an abomination in the pit of hell. And she appears pregnant. Do you realize the price that, that the, I can't even imagine, the lake of fire, which is the ultimate end of these people that have done this. They're going to they're gonna receive the greater damnation. Jesus talks about a greater damnation. Does that mean I think I'm perfect? No, it doesn't. You know something? That's what I actually deserve. It, it is. But thanks to, praise God, for the blood of Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection, He saved a sinner like me. Through grace. And that not of myself, but it was a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2.11 So, I acknowledge that, okay? These are... But see, the difference here is these are people that have rejected and continually, continually rejected and not, not even rejected Jesus, but done everything in the world to try to um, pervert the gospel of Christ. Everything they can. Now, let's talk a little bit more about this ascended Lady Master Magda because that's what they refer to her here. Ascended Lady Master Magda. This, this one, it gets real... This is amazing. Beloved Ascended Lady Master Magna. This was a this was a, a channeling. I'm going to read you a channeling now. Through the messenger, Elizabeth Clare Prophet. What? Oh, channeling. What is channeling? Channeling is when you have a, uh, a demonic entity or a fallen angel. Um that speaks through you. It would be like necromancy. It would be like talking to the dead. It would be like a, a seance where the psychic goes into a trance, the spirit comes into her, possesses her, and speaks through her, and, then, and the, 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 the woman or the man may have a totally different voice. I've seen this done. I've, my mom took me to a, a channeling um, a psychic one time before I was ever saved, and this woman... Uh, was up at the front of this room, and they, they turned the lights roll down low, and all of a sudden she went in this trance, her countenance totally changed, and a different voice came out of her mouth. I saw it. I was there. It was impressive, I must admit. Especially being unsaved. And she goes around the room and starts reading everybody's mail. And by that, I mean she starts telling things about that person that there ain't no way they can know. She said something about my mom that I had no idea about that was really, really heavy duty. And it wasn't anything bad in regard to her. It was just something major that she had never ever told me. And my mom was like, yeah, that's true. And I'm like, what? And I tell you what, thank God the Lord pulled me out of all that, because that was pretty impressive. But, this is a channeling through Elizabeth Clare Prophet, one of the, one of the great blasphemers of, of, of the modern age. This is from April 1st, 1983. This was received in Camelot, Malibu, California. Um... 
to look upon now this is this is this Elizabeth Clare prophet in regard to ascended master Magda Mary Magdalene ascended master listen to this to look upon Amy Simple McPherson some might think it not full majesty of the Lord they cannot imagine that mere flesh and blood persons such as Mary Magdalene or such as Amy Simple McPherson in a final incarnation could even be worthy of being the bride of Christ and because their minds are always contemplate a flesh and blood union they cannot imagine the necessity of the eternal Christ for having a wife in heaven much less a wife on earth end of quote now I just said a whole mouthful do you realize what they're saying here? They're saying that this Amy Semple McPherson, one of the one of the first ones, the the the, the um, founder of uh, one of the founders of the Charismatic movement, the founder of the Four Square Gospel Church, which many many people follow to this day, hyper Pentecostalism, one of the main main ones that brought us speaking in tongues. Okay, they're saying that she was the second incarnation of Mary Magdalene. That's what they're saying through this false prophet. Because when I started doing research on this, this Ascended Master Magda, all this stuff with Amy Semple McPherson was totally intertwined into I couldn't separate the two. I had no idea this was the case. And yet, this is the big deception right around the corner. That we're, now, I'm looking at a book that this Elizabeth Clare prophet wrote called Mary Magdalene and the Divine Feminine. Uh, I, I mean, where do I sign up? I mean, you know, what, what more could you ask for? Jesus' lost teachings on women. Oh, good. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get the truth here. This stinking devil woman, totally demon-possessed, writing a book. Her incarnation... Now, this is back to the Ascended Master, Larry, Lady Mag, Magpie site, that says her incarnation with her twin flame and divine counterpart, Jesus Antichrist, I mean, they're saying he's Jesus Christ, but I call him Jesus Antichrist. They're saying that's her divine counterpart. They're saying that when Jesus comes back with all lying signs and wonders, guess who he's going to have at his side? Not only the 12th Imam, that the, that the Muslims are expecting, which will probably be Lord Maitreya. Who else is going to be with them? Lady Magda. Mary Magdalene. Reincarnated. Actually, they're not even going to be reincarnated. It's almost going to be like they're, they're, they're ascended masters now. They're, 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 um, they're in their final incarnation. So it says about this Lady Magda. Her incarnation with her twin flame, divine counterpart, Jesus... I don't even like to say Jesus Christ because I don't even I don't even want to go. I don't even like to come out of my mouth. Just say let's say Jesus any Christ, okay? Enabled her to prove that all are worthy of God's love and can receive His blessings. Why? Because she was the whore that was a whore, and, and she you know she did these things, and she was a follower of Jesus Christ. So see, if if Jesus can accept her even as His wife, then He can accept anybody. Now what a perversion of scripture. What an abomination in the sight of God. Her final incarnation was in the United... Now this is this occult site saying this. This is a totally different site. Saying that Mary Magda's final incarnation was in the United States as Amy Sybil McPherson. Where she died in 1944. Now this is the devil saying this. This isn't, this isn't some biased Christian site trying to give some conspiracy theory. This is the source in her, in that lifetime, she brought the message of love and healing from the masters, 
Wow, we, now we know where her ministry emanated from. Well, I really didn't have a doubt about that, but anyway. So, she brought love and healing from the life of the Masters, Amy Semple McPherson, in her lifetime, especially Jesus, and was persecuted and isolated as a consequence. Oh, poor Amy Semple McPherson. We're going to look at her life real quick here. Even so, she never wavered in her devotion. Oh no, she was puritanical. She holds for us the energies of Jesus' power of healing and can help us connect more strongly with his energies. And again, this is where we get a lot of the modern day faith healers, word of faith, name it, claim it, blab it and grab it. Oh, we got to get healing, we got to get healing. Everybody goes to the Benny Hinn Crusades and all this stuff, Benny Hinn looking like a half, half a Catholic priest anymore. This is where it started. Catherine Kuhlman, Amy Semple McPherson, um, there's a whole, there's a book that a guy wrote, it's called God's Generals, it should be called Satan's Generals, and it's about all these people. And every single one of these ones in the charismatic movements all had the worst backgrounds, and, and I mean, all kind of sin issues and horrific things, and you think, well, yes, but God still used them. Oh, please, give me a break. Show me any of the apostles that happened to. Or, I mean, I'm not saying we are going to be absolutely flawless vessels rocking the earth here because we're not, but these people were involved in gross immorality while they were in ministry that totally would have disqualified them from any ministry from a biblical standpoint and yet they kept on because they were still being used of God. Give me a break. They're being used of the devil. So, did you have to say something? Well, so I wanted to look into this a little bit more. And so, ending with this thing on the occult website, it says, Amy Semple McPherson, died 1944, founded Four Square Gospel Church in Angelus Temple in Los Angeles. Angelus, now that word Angelus means angel. Why would you name a church Angelus Temple? What, are you, are you worshipping angels? Show me how that's biblical. When, when, when even Daniel went and fell down before an angel, the angel says, get up, I'm not to be worshipped. You worship the Lord God in heaven. I'm not to be worshipped. It's magnificent. If we were to have angels, man, the angels that are probably here like right now or, or, or that would encamp around about us, if they would manifest, you would probably be so overwhelmed to, to even fall down and worship them. But they themselves say, don't do this. We're not the ones you want to worship. You worship Jesus Christ. But that was, her, her church was named Angelus Temple in Los Angeles. So she was embodied as this, this spirit of Magda. Was embodied as first Mary Magdalene and then Amy Supplementary. And now we have the whole thing about, if you, if you study these ascended masters, they were always incarnated in a human form at one time. And what does this tell us? Oh, Hinduism was alright, Buddhism, this whole reincarnation thing. We just keep coming around and keep coming around until we get it right. What a life in the pit of hell. The Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. That's it. Period. You only got one shot at it. Um... She's also, this, this, this embodiment of, of um, Ascended Master Magda is known as Amy Sumble McPherson, Sister Amy, or Saint Mary Magdalene. Saint. Oh yeah. Now let's, let's, let's look a little bit at Amy Sumble McPherson in her life. Amy Sumble McPherson, nationally known healing ministry from the 1920s to the 1930s, founded and headed the Four Square Gospel Church. Now this church is still around today. There's many, many people that are still in it, still deluded. Don't tell me you could be in that church having a foundation like this and be, and be operating in truth. I don't believe it. I do not believe it. 
And I've been around enough people that come out of that to know that it's not the case. Does it mean, again, I think I'm better? No, it does not mean that. I wish they would come out of it because... You, I mean, I was a hyper-Pentecostal before, but the Lord led me out of it. And, that, and that's my desire for these people. This is why I do what I do. So, but, she founded and headed the Four Square Gospel Church. Like, it's biblical for a woman to found a church. She was also the pastor. Now, the kind of funny thing is, is, the Bible says that a pastor or a deacon or a bishop is to be the husband of one wife. The husband of one wife. It never says the wife of one husband, ever. It's such a foregone conclusion in the Bible that women are not supposed to be preachers, pastors, evangelists, these types of things, that they don't even mention the opposite scenario. And the, the, the one time you, you, t- you hear in, in uh, Revelation, it says that Jezebel, he's, they were rebuking them because Jezebel brought this teaching into the church that they were embracing. And it was a woman bringing teaching. It was a woman teacher. It's unbiblical. And if you doubt this, please email me and I will give you all the scriptures that prove this. I will not give you my opinion. I will give you Bible. And if you can refute that Bible, which you cannot do because it's black and white. I'm sorry, it's black and white. She thought, but see, even though she founded Four Square Gospel Church, she led a controversial life and died of a drug overdose in 1944. Well, that's a good biblical way to go out. You know? She thought that her organization was in fact restoring true Christianity, which had been lost over the years. All of these groups initially believed in the restoration of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including prophecy. See, this is where all this comes in at. Now, knowing that we're in the Laodicean church age, knowing that the strong delusion is coming, knowing that the, that the hyper-charismatic Pentecostal sect, I believe, is the most deceived part of Christianity, by far, all of this started coming in then. So now I'm supposed to automatically believe this is all of God? Okay. I think we should automatically believe the exact opposite. She is without a doubt the most controversial of all Pentecostal women. And I don't know. She compares to Catherine Kuhlman. Catherine Kuhlman is pretty much up there too. She got the baptism in 1907. Is that like getting the measles? I don't know what that means. She got the baptism. I'm assuming this means, this is when she starts speaking in tongues. She got the baptism in 1907 and soon went after, went with her husband to China where he died. She came back to the United States and traveled as an evangelist. Oh, that's a biblical calling for a woman. Yeah, go out there and preach it. Preach away, preacher. In 1919, she settled in Los Angeles where she built the Angelus Temple. Ah, there we go to that again. She served as the pastor of the temple until her death in 1944. I mean, everything I'm talking about here is totally unbiblical. Totally. She is controversial because she faked her own kidnapping in order to carry on an adulterous affair in 1926. Again, good job, Pastor. You're right on, right down the line. Good job. During the outcry against her over this affair, she incorporated the International Church of the Four Square Gospel, which later grew into a large Pentecostal denomination. The Four Square denomination exists today. Sister Amy died of a barbiturate overdose in 1944. Uh... The devil himself, Lord Sananda, I, I put that part in, the devil himself, Lord Sananda, even channeled the following damage control quote regarding McPherson. Now, it's pretty bad when you've got to have the devil himself, the one posing as the false Jesus, Lord Sananda, to give a quote in regard to damage control. 
because she lived such a horrific life, even the devils had to give a damage control quote. That's pretty bad. Let's, let's hear what, what, what um, Devil Sananda had to say. This is the false Jesus that supposedly... See, the reason he had to do this is because when that Devil Sananda comes back, he's going to bring Mary Magdalene. Well, isn't that what the Da Vinci Code and, and, and Holy Blood, Holy Grail, and Lost Tomb of Jesus and all these things are trying to prove? That Jesus had this alternate life. He never was crucified. He's, and he was with Mary Magdalene. And she actually was the one that was the Holy Grail. Because she was the receptacle of Christ's child. That's why they believe she's the Holy Grail. It's not the cup at the Last Supper. Isn't this amazing how this ties together? And it's just getting more and more. So, here's, here's the quote from, from Lord Sananda, who says he's Jesus. He says, quote, Take the example of one who was told about my beloved Magda. This is Mary Magdalene. This one who was a who was of a Christian denomination, was told that Magda had made her ascension after passing as Amy Simple McPherson, and that she had spent half a century at the inner levels balancing the remainder of her karma. Well, you know, that's why she lived such a stinking crazy life here on earth. Yes, she found it's four square cops. God still used her. But you know, all those things like faking her own kidnapping, the drug overdose, the, the adulterous affairs, these types of things. The reason all that happened is she was just balancing her own karma. Come on! Doug, you know, loosen up a little bit. Why can't, you know, why can't we just buy, let bygones be bygones? Why can't we all just get along? In the immortal words of Rodney Howard Brown. I mean, come on! So that's why she had to do this. And, and, and see, even, even, even this false Antichrist Sanana guy had to step in and say, Hey, come on. Get, cut her a little break. She was just balancing her karma. You know, now, but see, now she's made her sense ascension after past because she finally got it right with Amy Zumble McPherson. I mean, she went out the right way with a drug overdose. I mean, I, I think that proves that she's ready to go to the next level. Don't you? Sure. So let's look, let's look at her a little bit further. While the Dictionary of Pentecostal and Charismatic Movements deals with the controversial aspects of Sister Amy's life, her mysterious disappearances and alleged affairs, they're not alleged, they're real, multiple marriages, two of which ended in divorce, oh me, oh me, how many possible ways could you disqualify yourself from ministry? But see, she was the example. She was one of the main foundations and pillars of the Pentecostal movement. That's why these guys, anything goes. It doesn't matter what they do. I'm not going to step down. Paul Crouch can have an adulterous affair with, with, a, with a black man 20 years his junior and still be at the head of TBN. Touch not thou God's anointed. I had a guy email me that the other day. Put that thing about Paul Crouch. It's all documented. It's not, it's not a matter of debate. And he comes back to me and says, You need to really be careful what you're saying. And then he puts that verse in Samuel. Touch not thou God's anointed. You know something? If Paul Crouch is anointed, he's anointed of the devil. He ain't anointed of God. By their fruits you shall know them. I look. All I got to do is look at Paul Crouch's fruits. Many shall say unto Jesus in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not done mighty works? Have we not cast out devils in your name? Have we not we done all these things? And he'll say, depart from ye, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. Please. So anyway. So anyway, you know, she, she had some problems, mysterious disappearances, alleged affairs, multiple marriages, two ending in divorce, death from an apparent drug overdose. 
But see, the, the dictionary of Pentecostal and charismatic movements are still strangely silent about her theatrical occupation with the slain in the spirit phenomenon. Ooh, is this where we first start getting this really going? Yeah, slain in the spirit. Oh, lay your hands on it and go over. I know, I was one of those fruitcakes at one time. I did it. I was one of the catchers. Oh yeah, I caught people when they were falling, slain in the spirit. One time I ripped my pants all the way up the back, caught them so good. Yeah, that was, that was, that was one of my proudest moments in my life. In front of thousands of people, it was great. Anyway, I deserved it. So, yeah, she was into all that. And I guess, you know, by the fruit she shall know them. And, and if she's doing it, and, and she had all these good things associated with her lives, her lives, then I guess we should do it too, right? I mean, slain in the Spirit, speaking in tongues. I mean, hey, if it was good enough for Amy, it was good enough for me, right? Knowing that she was just the, the, the reincarnated form of Mary Magdalene, I mean, hey, you know, and she's going to join the false, uh, false Jesus app. I mean, hey, this is great. I mean, what more can I ask for? Not to say I actually believe that, Okay, I think she was demon possessed to the toenails. Do I think that she was she was some kind of um, reincarnated? No, I don't. No, I don't believe that. Okay, this is the lie from the pit of hell that we're getting, though. Benny Hinn revealed that he periodically visits Catherine Kuhlman's grave. Well, that's called necromancy, talking to the dead. It's totally forbidden in the Bible. If you did it in the Bible, you were basically it was like a death sentence in God's eyes. You 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 get stoned. And in this article, it says, click here for a photo of her gravesite. You can actually see Catherine Coleman's grave. And that Benny Hinn is also one of the few with a key to gain access to it. He also visits Amy Semple McPherson's grave, pictured below, where he says, quote, I felt a terrific anointing. I was shaking all over, trembling under the power. Dear God, I said, I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing was lingering over Amy's body. Yes, I can feel a charismatic camp meeting coming on right now. I don't know if I can contain myself. I might just get slain in the spirit right here. If I stop talking, you'll know what happened. That was a direct quote from Benny Hinn. That was a direct quote from Benny Hinn, April 7, 1991 sermon. So anyway, yeah, we just had that quote from, from good old Benny. Seeing where he's got his, his anointing from. Yeah. The, 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 he said, I believe the anointing was lingering all over Amy's body. Wow, I mean, even years after she was, she was dead. Well, that's biblical. Show me that in the Bible. You know, let's go to the grave sites and get the anointing. Hey, maybe I can get some spare anointing. You know? That's biblical. So, I mean, anything goes in the churches today. Anything goes in the Pentecostal circles. That's why I have really come to just avoid them like the plague. Because there's so much deception associated with it. There's some very nice, sincere people in the Pentecostal movement. I know I came out of it. But I do not want to yoke up with them anymore. I don't. I just don't. Because I am, I'm afraid that that deception is going to transfer to me. And let me tell you, it does transfer. When you're around them, and you deal with these people all the time, don't think it will not affect you, because it will affect your judgment. I don't, it's the spirits that, that emanate and operate. Are they doing it totally intentionally to you? No, but the devils are. So, now let's talk about some more Ascended Masters. Ascended Master Mary. Oh yeah. Ascended Master Mary is known to Christians all over the world as the Virgin Mary, the Mother of Jesus, and the Christ. The mother of Jesus the Christ. She serves as the master who embodies and seeks to anchor the earth and the feminine divine mother aspect 
of creation. Oh, isn't that nice? The feminine divine. Oh, good. We just gotta have it because it's just reasonable, right? We, come on. We cannot have Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is so masculine, so wrong, so politically incorrect. There's gotta be a woman in there somewhere. Hey, listen, I'm sorry. God made the rule book. Okay? He also made women. Okay? It's not... This is just God's rule book, okay? But the New Agers always are trying to interject the goddess, the feminine aspect, into everything that they do. In fact, even many of our Christian um, modern-day religions are following suit. I just read that thing um, not too long ago where, uh, you know, the Lutheran Church had um, said that we changed the... the um, we, can, we can change now Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit to... Mother, child, womb. I've got the I've got the uh, the study. If if you want, email me and I'll, I'll email it to you. But that's just part of the, the strong delusion that are coming. So it says it says in this in this new age site it says she can be called upon to assist all mothers to be in bringing forth new life, regardless of their religion. Oh, good. So in other words, she can grant you fertility, like the fertility goddess. Well, what is mother? What is Mary? No, I'm okay. What is Mary? What's, what's some other names? We've already explored other names. Diana, Semiramis, Hecti, Isis. These are devil. These are pagan fertility goddesses. Ishtar, where we get the word Easter from. Mary's no different than any of them. Now this picture I see of her, she's got her Egyptian sun disc on. Puritanical as the day is long. And isn't it funny? She's the one that you have to call upon to assist all mothers to be to bring forth new life. But I guarantee if you call upon her to, to conceive a child, there's going to be a major price to pay. It's kind of ironic that most of these, these devil goddesses that mask as these, these nice goddesses, the other names they have for them like Lilith and Hector are actually the goddesses of child sacrifice. So... It's kind of, I think it's kind of ironic, you know, that they can kind of do both. They, they take your child, yet supposedly they can help you have one. But see, God's the one that actually, can, is the only one that can actually open the womb. The Bible says that. She is full of love, wisdom, compassion, and presides over all births. Oh, isn't that special? Although Christians know Master Mary as the Virgin Mary... She, like all Ascended Masters, cares not only about your religious beliefs, she is the embodiment of the feminine principle, and can be called upon to strengthen your heart and fill it with compassion and unconditional love for all humanity. Now, she's, this devil's been appearing all over the world, really ever since, what is it, Medjugorje? The Catholics? You know? The, the, Our Lady of Fatima, all good. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Now I got a whole vi I have a whole videotape on this um, that you can order. I think you can order it through uh, chick chick.com uh, on the uh, all the false apparitions of Mary. And what are these apparitions saying? Let me tell you something. They're not pointing everybody to Jesus Christ. They're basically saying you have to go through me, Mary. I am the co-redemptrix. Co-redemptrix means you have to get saved through Mary and Jesus. And side fact. Really, you got to go through Mary because she's the only one that can placate her angry son up in heaven who sits on the throne. Because, see, a mother can do that. That's what they're teaching. And that's what these apparitions are telling these people, and they're taking them straight to hell. And the Catholics are buying a hook, line, and sinker because they love lying signs and wonders. They just love it. They love their seven sacraments. They love being able to earn their way into heaven through all of their various and sundry things that they have to go through and do. But we're not saved 
through works of righteousness. We're not saved through these things, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. So, let's talk about the next Ascended Master. Ascended Master Sanat Kumara is called the Ancient of Days. Now, the reason I'm going over all these is because, do you notice a common theme about all of these? Now, we're going to get into some that don't have this. But every one of these relates to our Christian religion. Every one of them that I've mentioned so far. Well, think about it. If you were the devil, and you were Satan, who would you, when the deception came, who would be the main ones you would really want to focus on and give most of your energy to in regard to the bulk of the deception? Wouldn't it be the last vestiges of Christians that remained on the earth? So you could, so you could, if, if nothing else, not saying they can steal your salvation, but if nothing else, they could make you so doubt that you were ineffective for Christ, that you wouldn't even pray anymore, that you had no faith. But the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, if you have no faith which is one of the main attributes of the armor of God, above all, taking up the shield of faith, which will be able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked. If you don't have that shield of faith, how do we fight? How do we fight? Because we can't please God without it. So then how is He going to hear our prayers? So if these devils can come to the earth and deceive the masses in mass, especially any vestiges of Christianity, oh... Figure, do the math. So this ascended master, Sanat Kumara, is called the Ancient of Days. And the youth of endless summers... He has his own longevity clinic in Long Beach, I heard. Just kidding, sorry. Um, he, he's from Venus. So, you know, hey, he's from Venus. Okay, he's from Venus. He has assisted Earth and humanity from the lighter realms, perhaps longer than any other master. Millions of years... Millions. Him and Charles Darwin were good buddies, and you know, before. Master Sanat Kumara has been the overseer of Earth's development for the last 18 million years. Oh, good. Well, I guess we can throw the Bible out the window because the Bible says that we're basically in a 7,000 year creation cycle here. You know, God spoke it into existence. Let there be light. You know. These types of things. But see, he's been here for 18 million years. So just to believe that one sentence alone, you'd have to totally throw the Bible out. See, it doesn't take a whole lot. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And this is, again, lining up with the intelligent design. Because the intelligent design says, oh, these things were here millions and millions of years ago. We were were their science project. So, going on, it says, His light is brighter than the sun's light. He has been the, he has been in unstinting in his service to mankind, to God, and all, to all existence. His responsibility for receiving, stepping down, and transmitting God's energy to us in a form that we can handle, Doug. So now we know he's a step down charger. He's a big, big ascended master, devil step down charger. That's what he does. That's his deal. Gaze upon his image of our beloved Sanat Kumara. Feel his love and light flow through your body. Know that he knows every thought you think. What a life in the pit of hell that is. Only God is omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent. He's the only one. This devil isn't. He wishes he could be. Now, if you're demon-possessed, they probably do know what you think. Okay? 
He knows every thought you think and is aware of every individual's blueprint and holds the intention that Earth become a planet of souls connected to God, the Source, through the Christ Consciousness. Oh, isn't that nice? Ask Him for whatever you need. Ooh, that sounds like the secret. Remember the secret we talked about that? You know, the big heavenly guy in the sky, ask him whatever you want. You know, you got that's that's what you believe. You just got to think positive thoughts and, and think about that Ferrari you want. It's just going to come. It's going to show up in your driveway about a month from now. But this is really how you get to the secret. Through the Ascended Masters. Now, again, when the Antichrist makes his appearance, here's who's showing up with him. These are going to show up, these Ascended Masters, this strong delusion that we will believe a lie, most, will believe a lie. This is how he's going to do it. He's going to have so many different bases covered. And this is just the speck. This is just, this is just some. There's going to be all kind of archaeological finds all of a sudden showing up, disproving the Bible. There's going to be so much evidence against, you better, you better cling to this word. You better cling to the word. So yeah, this is, and he calls himself the Ancient of Days. Hmm. I've heard that expression before in the Bible. Let's look at that. Daniel 7.13 says, I saw the night in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. Now, many people say Jesus Christ is the Ancient of Days. Let's read this. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds in heaven and came to... There's two separate entities we're talking about here. Two came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought Him near before Him. So the Son of Man came to the Ancient of Days. Daniel 7.14 says, And there was given Him, the Son of Man, dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve Him. This is the thousand year millennial reign, most likely, what we're talking about here. Okay? His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. So this is this is this has to be Jesus Christ that they're talking about here. But he came to the Ancient of Days. The Ancient of Days granted this power, granted granted this thing to him. So the Ancient of Days is God the Father. Jesus Christ is the Son of Man, who everything was given dominion to, which the Bible predicted would happen. So let's just, I wanted to kind of get that straight. But this saying that Kumar says he is the Ancient of Days. He's basically saying, I am the Father in Heaven. I've never heard a, uh, a, uh, a sermon preached on this, but there's a difference between the Son of Man and the Ancient of Days that we just proved biblically. Okay, so... Let's talk about Ascended Master St. Germain. Ah, one of my favorites. Ascended Master St. Germain is considered the main representative of the Holy Spirit. So now we've got, we've got Jesus, Ascended Master Jesus, Son of God. We've got Sanat Kumra, who basically says he's the Father. And now we've got the Ascended Master St. Germain that says he's the Holy Spirit. Hey, they got it all covered, don't they? He's considered the main representative of the Holy Spirit to our planet and its evolution. Uh, always talking about evolution. When calling upon the beloved Maha Shohan, invoke the name of the Ascended Master, St. Germain. I think invoke is a very appropriate... When you invoke a curse or a spell in witchcraft, you don't invoke anything from a Christianity. But when, when you call upon this Maha Shohan, whoever that is, 
Invoke the name of the Ascended Master, Saint Germain. In other words, practice witchcraft, because what we're talking about here is witchcraft. And the Bible says that the Antichrist will cause craft to prosper. When you pray to these things, which is what they're telling you to do here, set up one of these images in there. I went into a New Age bookshop one time, because I like to go in there and, and see what's going on. I went in there, and I, I looked around the corner, and sure enough, oh yeah, I see him. St. Germain, right there, had a picture of him set up. So see, these, these, these New Agers will actually put pictures of these things up, and pray to them, and burn incense in these types of things, like idol worship. And then this, what that does is it opens a gateway for these deceptive spirits to come in and flood them. They're opening the door. Because that's the way they come in. So, Ascended Master Saint Germain. Um, yeah, he's... Uh, it says, the name Saint Germain, which also means Sanctus Germanius. It's like species and genus? What is that? Saint Germain, Sanctus Germanius means holy brother. He is indeed brother to us all. He will assist you in anything you ask of him. You notice how all these guys have a big gigantic carrot they're always putting out there. Anything you want. Hey, anything goes. Provided his assistance does not interfere with your free will. Oh no, never. His love is beyond comprehension and is considered one of the wisest of the ascended masters. He will rain down upon you knowledge and enlightenment in a form that you can interpret and understand with your own heart, even though your heart is deceitful above all things. So, see, these ascended masters are going to come so nice and packaged in such a, a candy-coated veneer. And then we have the Bible over here, which, you know, a lot of the things in the Bible, you know, I'll be honest with you, I mean, especially a lot of the stuff in the New Testament, it's hard stuff. Hard stuff. Not stuff that tickles your ears. Stuff that says you might have to be martyred. Stuff that you have, you know, you, you have to give up all. Oh, they're not going to say that. You're not going to give it. In fact, they're going to give you the goodies. So you see how so many people are going to fall for this hook, line, and sinker? For so many different reasons. Then we have Master Hilarion. Because he's a hilarious guy. This guy. He was a former stand-up comedian. No, just kidding. Sorry. Master Hilarion was embodied as the Apostle Paul. Oh, good. So now we have, finally, the reincarnation of Apostle Paul. I mean, we've already talked about, you know... Mary, Mary Magdalene and Jesus and we talked about now um, you know all the guys the, the representative of the Trinity you know and um, but now we're going to talk about Apostle Paul he plays an extremely important role in bringing in the science of the new age call upon beloved master Hilarion to assist you in deepening your understanding of any subject you are studying Master Hilarion was also embodied as the Apostle Paul, who later incarnated as Saint Hilarion. Saint Hilarion was a hermit and a healer all his life. He died around 371 AD. Oh, you know, I always wonder what happened to that old healer Hilarion out there in the hills. I always wonder what happened to that guy. Now I know, finally. He's, he's an ascended master now. Great. And he was a healer. But doesn't the Bible say he's going to come with all lying signs and wonders? He's going to heal. That's if, if, you know anybody that's getting healed at these at these um, crusades or whatever, man. You better watch out. You know, you know, you can go to a satanic rock concert and they'll, they'll many times have altar calls of people that want to get healed and they'll get healed. Well, think about it. What if the healing was what? What if what if the infirmity was demonic, like so many times were in the Bible, like the epilepsy and these types of things? And the devil says, you know something. Get off him for a few minutes or, or stop bothering him. He says to the devil that's possessing that guy that's causing this infirmity. And all of a sudden they appear healed. Well, Satan don't care. He's just got you. Because you're going to put way more faith in that because you've seen it and you've felt it and you've touched it. I got healed and I got healed by the devil. Well, 
devil don't care as long as he can get, get you to go to hell that way. So anyway, Master Hilarion is also very involved in healing, working very closely with the archangels Michael and Raphael, and Lady Master Mary. He is also a master of precipitation. Precipitation. The concretizing, the concretizing of thought form into material objects. Now what that means is he's thinking it and it appears in a concrete form in front of you. That would be like the secret. That would be like name it and claim it, except it's really happening right there. That is high level, high level witchcraft. Okay? That's what he's good at. So see, each one of these devils are going to be adept at different things. Master Hilarion, who brings in the energy of wholeness, love, and perfection in all of our physical bodies, assists all healers. Oh yeah, I bet he's assisting Benny Hinn too. And all these other faith healers that are perverting the gospel of God. Here's the next one. Ascended Master Jiwal Kool. Also known as DK. That's where we get Dairy Queen from. No, sorry. sorry. He was inventor of Dairy Queen. No, he's also known as DK. That's what he goes by. His hip nickname, DK. It's known as the Tibetan. Ah, the Tibetan. He is one of the most knowledgeable of all ascended masters in the widest ranges of esoteric matters and mechanics. Mm -hmm. Esoteric. When you hear the word esoteric, you always think witchcraft, occult, hidden knowledge, Gnosticism. Okay? It's a nice candy-coated way of saying that. Between 1919 and 1949, the beloved master G. dictated, through mental telepathy, a series of 19 books of occult wisdom to Alice Bailey. Oh, yeah. Who herself wrote five additional volumes. Miss Bailey, a modern leader of the Theosophical Society. Remember I said we were going to talk about Theosophy later? She is the modern leader of the Theosophical Society. Was established in 1875 by Madame Petrova Blavatsky, one of the most wicked, wicked women on earth. They established the Arcane Mystery School as a result of the esoteric wisdom dictated to her by the beloved Dijois Kuhl. Theosophy... The wisdom slash religion has existed from time immemorial. It offers us a theory of nature and of which life is founded upon the knowledge acquired by the sages of times past. Quoting from Blavatsky's book, now when we say sages, we think we almost think again of these sages of times past that they're in reference to are these ascended masters that have been around so long. Quoting from the life founded upon the knowledge acquired by sages of times past from, Blav from Blavatsky, Madame Blavatsky's book, Secret Doctrine, she explains the various ancient cultural views and philosophy of evil. She writes, Antiquity knew of no isolated, thoroughly and absolute bad, bad god of evil. In other words, we didn't in times past say anything that there was any, any god of evil. We, 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 we were above that. We were above good and evil. That's what many of them will say. We have transcended good and evil. There are no such things as good and evil anymore. Anything stinking goes, basically, is what they say. That's how they justify these things. Because if there's no evil, then anything goes. And then there's no bad. There's no good. There's, hey, do what thou will will be the whole of the law. As Aleister Crowley said, whatever you want to do, just do it. Pagan thought represented good and evil. As twin brothers, born of the same mother, like yin and yang, nature, in the beginning, the symbols of good and evil were mere abstractions of light and darkness, and led to the primal original twins of Osiris and Typhoon, and finally Cain and Abel. This is what this is a quote from um, 
from um, Alice Bailey. And this man, this ascended master, supposedly dictated these books to her. This was this would be a technique known as automatic writing, where where an occultist sits down and just starts writing, and her hands moving or his hands moving, but she don't even know what she's doing. She's like on automatic pilot. It's called being demon possessed. And if you get demon possessed enough with the right devil, he can. This is how most rock songs are written. It's well known in the rock industry. Many of these songs, like Stairway to Heaven and these types of things, hey man, they just sat down, I don't know man, the lyrics just came off my hand. They weren't even in control. Well, they're demon possessed. Call upon beloved Dijois Cool to assist you in receiving and integrating into your spiritual life the ancient mysteries. So that was that, was that guy. Yeah, doesn't it? Dijois Cool. It does. It sounds like a rap group. I kind of. I thought it was kind of like um, so maybe a salad dressing, a Dijois, like Dijon. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so we have to interject a little bit of levity in here because this is such heavy duty information. So let's go to the next uh, ascended devil, beloved Master El Moriah Kwan. Ah, Master El Moriah is one of the many teachers alongside. Whose message for us now is that the old cannot exist alongside the new. But isn't that funny? Because the Bible says to seek ye the old paths, where then there is wisdom. But he's saying, no, 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 this must not exist anymore. See, each one of these devils has their own niche. Has their own little niche of deception. And they're adept at that particular niche. It's like being a specialist, you know, in today's day and age. Yeah, Doug just brought up the one of the main, and I remember this now, thinking back. He's, he's totally. You always hear this expression in the Pentecostal circles: you can't put old wine in new wine skins. And basically, that was their justification with all of the new stuff, all of the new movement of God that's coming down the pike. You can't have the old hymns and the old pews and the old ways of worship and the old songbooks and and the, this old you know. Uh, stuffy religion. We can't. We can't have real holiness. Anything goes, man. I mean, hey, we got to be hip. We got. We got to appeal to the masses. We got to find any way of bringing the people in the doors. And that's not the case at all. So this is this lines up right with the Pentecostal movement in in particular. So this this El Moriah Kwan says old forms must be destroyed in order to make room for new forms. Master El Moriah foresaw the destruction of the Berlin Wall and the father of the former Soviet Union. El Moriah was embodied as Abraham. So now we got Abraham here. So he was he was Mr. You know, that was who he was. He was Father Abraham. The ancient patriarch who merged from the Ur of the Chaldees to become the prototype and the progenitor of the twelve tribes of Israel. I mean, we got everybody covered here. We got all the big guns covered in the Bible, just about. Returning as... Now, he returned then, after Abraham... As Melchor, one of the three wise men of the East, who followed the star that pretended the birth of Jesus. Oh, so hey, man, he's, he he played on two two stories of the Bible. This guy, I mean, he's really spreading himself thin here. Hope he doesn't hurt himself. He might pull a ligament or something or a tendon. I mean, he can't be in this many places at once. Come on, man, got to think about your health here, buddy. Ugh. And then we talk about Master Kutumi. Which is spelled Kuthumi. That's how we. That's how we pronounce it. Also known as KH. They they love these little nicknames. DK KH. 
yeah, I think they're in the rap world or something. They got a lot of that nickname stuff going on. He now serves with Master Jesus Sanandra, Sananda as the world teacher. This guy. One of the earlier incarnations was as Pythagoras. Oh, me. Pythagoras. The Greek philosopher and mathematician. He also incarnated in the first century as Balthazar, one of the three Magi wise men who journeyed from the east to pay homage to the Christ child. So he was yoked up with this last guy we just talked about. They were one of the three wise men. Oh yeah, okay. Great. Master Kutuni also incarnated a Saint Francis of Assisi. I mean, this guy's got three incarnations going on here. I thought the last guy was spreading himself thin. St. Francis of Assisi in 1182 in Italy, during which lifetime he founded the Franciscan Order of the Friars. Well, I'd imagine he probably did demon-possess that guy and inspire him to do that in that false Catholic church. Ascended Master Katuni was one of the first masters to bring forth to our planet the knowledge of the Great White Brotherhood of the Masters. When you talk about the Great White Brotherhood, whenever you hear that word, that is one of the highest levels of Satanism. That is one of the top echelons in the realm. I could do a whole study just on the Great White Brotherhood. But he is... I mean, look at all the, the, the yoking up that these, that these demonic creatures are doing. There's all kind of references on Lord Maitreya's, that UN site that we were talking about earlier, to Madame Blavatsky and the Theosophy Society. I mean, we're talking things that are absolutely diametrically opposed to the Bible, that are Antichrist. And yet, they have no problem associating themselves with that. They're not trying to hide it. Okay? So, it was Master Kahumi who gave the sacred teachings to Madame Blavatsky that resulted in the establishment of this Theosophical Society in the late 19th century. So the one guy, that DK guy, was the one that spoke through Alice Bailey in the, in the Theosophical Society. But the original one that gave the information to Madame Blavatsky, who was the original starter of the Theosophical Society, was this Master Kahumi. And he, uh, he gave her the sacred teachings so she could bring it forth. Um, and she brought these teachings forth of Master Kahumi in her book, Isis Unveiled, dictated to Madame Blavatsky by Master Kahumi, and again, in one of these automatic writing sessions, she just wrote the book out, and her, her hand was moving, but she was on autopilot, and was one of the first occult works that publicly revealed the ancient mystery school teachings. Do not hesitate to call upon him to turn your tears of sorrow into joy, Nonetta. Now we finally know how to turn our Sears of Tara into joy. We just call him this, this devil, Kudumi, and he's going to help everything, you know. So, okay, so those were some of the big ones. Uh, the, there, there's more Sunday Masters, but those were the ones that I think are going to play the major, major role in deceiving uh, the Christian vestiges that remain when all of this starts to really transpire. So, supported by h historical and religious texts, Claims of extraterrestrials visiting the earth in sacred, in ancient times and interacting with men is referenced throughout ancient history. It's also referenced in the Bible. Genesis 6.1 And it came to pass, when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God, which in Hebrew means Benai Elohim, saw the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they took them, them wives all that they chose. Now, remember, we've got the sons of God seeing the daughters of men, which, really, if you think about it, just the very comparison alone, has to, you have to start questioning, well, were they something different? Because were, they must not have been born of men if they saw the daughters of men, yet they refer to themselves as the sons of God. That they were fair, that these women were fair, and they took them wives, all which they chose. It doesn't sound like the women really had any choice. 
They took wives of whom they chose, the sons of God. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for also for that also is flesh, and his days shall yet be a hundred and twenty years, which is about the maximum date upon which man lives in this world. And it was the maximum date. And when did that start? After the flood? Well, this was right on the cusp of the flood. This is why the flood happened. Because the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They came down, and we're going to read here, and there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, when they had babies for the, for the sons of God, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men of old, men of renown. These children were half fallen angel, half men. Now, you could say, well, we don't know what the sons of God mean. Now, I know I've gotten this last week, I've gotten this many times, but I feel like I have to at least touch on this again for the study. We are told that these Benai Elohim, which is, which is how the word's translated in Hebrew, were extraterrestrial creatures known elsewhere as watchers, sons of God, or the Rephaim. Okay? These visited the earth during antiquity and used the daughters of Abraham as instruments through which they extended themselves into the physical world. Okay? So because they were um, these were really basically spiritual beings. And they but they extended themselves into this world through their uh, through their offspring, these giants. Okay? Bible's very clear on this. They represented themselves as gods. Okay, so when the fallen angels came, they represented themselves as gods. And their offspring were the giants, which was translated in the Bible as the Nephilim, or also the fallen ones. Okay? And there's a, there's a mini-series on ABC Family, which is one of the most wickedest ones, called The Fallen. And it's about a fallen angel... Uh, no, it's actually about a Nephilim. One of these, one of these beings that was created... Um, through a fallen angelic offspring and, and intercourse with humans. And it's a whole, it's a whole uh, series that they had on last year about how the Nephilim are going to come back and actually redeem the fallen angels and mankind. Okay, so these giants were in the Bible translated Nephilim or the fallen ones. And they made war with the Hebrews. These are the, these are the same giants that, that the Hebrews dealt with when they went into the promised land. Um, now, how do we know that the sons of God really means these fallen angels? These, these angels that came down and took the wives. Well, the Bible says comparing scripture to scripture. In order to define words, you need to, you need to see how that verse, how those words are used in the Bible, in the context they're used in. The sons of God is only mentioned in five places in the Old Testament. The, the exact term, sons of God. Now, in the New Testament, the sons of God can refer to a believer. Okay? But in the old, the only time it is ever, ever used, there's five times. I already mentioned two of them right here in Genesis 6. Here's the other three. Job 1.6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came among them also. Does that sound like a human to you? Yeah, I, I'm just going to go like present myself before the Lord and Satan. No, we're talking about we're talking about in another realm here, okay? And then it says in Job two one again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. Job thirty eight seven says when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Does that sound to you like a human? The sons of Seth theory or whatever that junk is. It's not. But see, the only way you're going to know this is if you have a King James Bible. Because all the other versions are going to distort this. This is why it's so important what word you're reading. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 27, 30, 24, 37, But as in the days of Noah, which is Noah, were, so shall be also in the coming of the Son of Man be. 
Well, hold on. That's the days we're living in. We're, we're living in the days prior to the coming of the Son of Man. Well, what was going on in Noah's day? The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them as wives and the giants were as, a, as an offspring, this hybrid race. Maybe this has something to do with all the alien abductions and all the these, these women turning up pregnant and then the babies disappearing and all these things. Huh, the Bible said it was going to happen. But how often is this preached in the churches? Ever. I don't ever hear it. Oh, we can't do that. That's crazy. That, that's controversial. You know something? You're going to have to face it either now or later. And if you choose to face it later, you're not going to have an answer. Because your pastor's not going to have the answer. He's not already getting into this preemptively. Luke 17.26 Jesus said again, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of, in the days of, the Son of Man. Okay? Yet some think, he also said, as in the days of Lot, so shall be in the days of coming. Well, we know that's going on, because in the days of Lot, what was the earmark of Lot's day? Sodom and Gomorrah, homosexuality, which is just going crazy. So we've got all these things, they're here. I mean, ah, come let us reason together, saith the Lord. Yet some think these beings could be planning something now, an alien invasion, or discovery designed to deceive the human race. We are entering the end times, the theory goes, where fearful sights and great signs from heaven will be seen. 2 Thessalonians 2, 8-12 says, And then that wicked one shall be revealed, whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. That's what we're to expect. And for this God, cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So please... Be careful what truth you're believing or what you're believing in. Because if you're not believing in truth and if you actually are having pleasure in unrighteousness, uh, there's a really serious warning here. They, they might all be damned. Okay? The message is, beware if the world authorities begin disclosure. Remember I said that word disclosure of the aliens? These fallen angels or whatever? Beware if the world authorities begin disclosure by pointing to ancient mysteries. Now we're going to come all the way back to the face of Mars now. Okay, I said all that to say this. If they, if by pointing back to these ancient mysteries, megaliths, pyramids, the face on Mars, UFOs, or anything else as proof of the ancient visitation of planet Earth by creator extraterrestrials, deception, we are told will follow. That's why I said all that I said today to say that. Because we're starting to see it now. Face on Mars. There's no debate anymore. We got all these, these ascended masters saying they're going to make their appearance anymore. We got the things going on over in the Middle East where Iran saying, bring it on, bring it on. The 12th Mahani is going to appear. And then we got the Christian Zionists and Bush saying, yeah, we're going to nuke you too. We got, we got the staging point for World War III right in front of us. And out of the ashes of World War III, most likely these ascended masters, these devils are going to arise with all lying signs and wonders. They're going to do things that men could never do. They're going to supposedly bring peace that we can never achieve. So, deception, we are told, will follow. We will be instructed to believe that ancient astronauts, not God-created human race, and, and a great falling away of Earth's... We will, we will be instructed to believe that the ancient astronauts, not God... Not God created the human race. Okay? Which is again what we talked about. And a great falling away of the earth's major religions will follow. Well that's what the Bible says. There will be a falling away. And that wicked one would be revealed. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3. It says and the wicked one be revealed. See a lot of people say the Antichrist is not going to rise until after, after the tribulation starts. But it says the falling away and the Antichrist will be revealed at the same time. The falling away is already in full swing. The Antichrist only has to come to the scene now to fulfill 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3. Others argue that to depict 
the extraterrestrials as either godly or satanic is to trivialize the debate that in a sense E.T. is neither is neither. Again, it's like this light and darkness, yin and yang thing. There's no good and evil. Just as good and bad angels exist, or good and bad people exist, E.T. comes in all personality types, races and temperaments. Oh, isn't that special? You know, either, but the Bible says either you're for me or against me. Choose this day whom you will serve. I haven't seen too many aliens that are, that are, that are out there, you know, preaching the gospel, trying to win souls to the lost, you know, exemplifying the fruits of the Spirit. You know, haven't seen too many. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just, you know, not with it. The greys, who are the most usually associated with abduction, might be perceived as evil or minimally impersonal, while the other aliens are good guys. Well, now the greys. Well, now hold on. In Noah's day, the fallen angels had come and procreated with the women, and they created this fallen, this race called the fallen ones, the Nephilim, the giants. Well, hold on. The Bible says that that's what's going to happen today, too. Maybe these gray aliens are that exact thing. There's some kind of genetic experimentation of the aliens. Because from what I can gather, the, the gray aliens seem to be the ones that are like the workers. They seem to be the ones like the robot, the workers, the ones that are out there trying to, to corrupt mankind. But they're not the ones in charge. You always read this. They're not the ones in charge. Okay? They're just basically like the, the workers. And then it says um, about these aliens, good bad guys things. It says, don't buy that for a second. We hear a conservative shout, Satan comes as an angel of light. There's no good and bad aliens, okay? Let us, or, or these Nordics that appear as these blonde hair, blue eyed, beyond beautiful anything you've ever seen. They're still from the pit of hell too. They're not pointing you to God. We're from the constellation Zeta Reticuli. And we've come to fight the grace. So now they've got good, good cop, bad cop aliens. Do you realize that? A lot of them say, well, these ascended masters are going to say, we're the good cops. Those gray aliens, they're the bad guys. Yeah, they're here, but we're, we're here to help you fight them. Don't believe that for, for a minute either. Either you fight through the word of God, through the sword of the spirit, through the full arm of God, through the, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, through the Holy Spirit that lives inside you, or you don't fight at all. So, let us again return to the featured article for more blockbuster assertions. In the introduction to his best-selling book, Chariot of the Gods, Eric Von Daniken, who's like one of the main people that the UFO guys quote, oh, it's Daniken's work, oh, we must reverence, we must genuflect, the women should curtsy, the men should genuflect. I mean, you know, we can't, we can't, you know, even question Daniken. Daniken who, it might be argued, is one of the fathers of modern UFOlogy, said, I claim that our forefathers received visits from the universe in the remote past, even though I do not yet know that these extra... I do not yet know who these extraterrestrial intelligences were, or from which planet they came. I nevertheless proclaim that these strangers annihilated part of mankind existing at that time and produced a new, perhaps, first Homo sapiens. Oh, isn't that great? Okay, so we're, we're, even, we're even some new thing. And this is what Danikin's teaching. And most people that are involved in the UFO movement are buying into this because most of them are total New Agers and they're not Christians. So see, what that does is it discredits any time you try to talk about the UFO stuff, you, you become immediately associated with guys like Danikin who are just off in left field chasing fly balls. Wild claims made in recent past by science fiction writers are now threatening to come home to roost. These views are about to be heavily publicized, supported by some of the greatest scientific evidence ever marshaled to threaten the validity of the Bible. The next segment verifies this view. Okay, and again, because the church isn't preaching on this, 
there's going to be, when all this starts to go down, there's going to be no answer. There's going to be no answer. As illustrated by Hollywood films, Contact and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Eric Von Daniken's hypothesis took America by storm in the 1960s with the proposition that mankind was possibly the offspring of an ancient, even ongoing extraterrestrial experiment. UFOologists like Daniken assert that the Sphinx, the pyramids, and myths of ancient cultures are potentially evidence of an encounter with these otherworldly beings. They claim ancient men would have considered space travelers as gods and would have recorded their arrival, their experiments, and their departure in hieroglyphs, mega and stone tablets as a supernatural encounter between gods and men. And again, every day they're discovering more and more things that supposedly confirm through ancient archaeology and these types of things that, oh, these were ancient creators and space brothers and, and, and they're coming back and, oh boy, we better get ready. Von Daniken also claims that the odd appearance of some of the gods as depicted in various hieroglyphs <coughs> Human-like creatures with falcon heads, lions with heads of bulls, could be viewed as evidence that aliens conducted experiments of cloning and cross-mutating ancient people and animals. Huh, imagine that. So, they were doing cloning? And, and, and it is true, you see a lot of these ancient things in Egypt where they had different heads and part animal, part human, this and that, satyrs and, 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 and minotaurs and all these things. Well, where did all that come from? Well, did somebody just make all of that up? No, I think that was at one time a reality. Because why? Because Satan would always seek to pervert anything God... God said that everything should bring after its own kind, including the seeds. How is Satan trying to defeat that through genetic... Uh, through ge- uh, ge- genetically modified crops. He's cross-combining, doing all these hybridization and to bring about crops that um, are, are basically an abomination in God's eyes. He's doing the same thing with humanity. He's act- And we're going to read this. This is not something that I'm making up. This is happening right now. This is from an article from Raiders News Journal, Mixing Animal and Human Cells Gets Exotic. Now this is mainstream news. I'm not making this up. Post-humanity is becoming increasingly exotic as scientists work with the brains of mice, monkeys, and other mammals and begin fiddling with the hot-button issue of cloning. Harvard University researchers are attempting to clone human embryonic cells and rabbit eggs. Such blurring of a species lines invokes the image of a chimera, which, if, which of Greek mythology is a monstrous mix of a lion, goat, and a serpent. Here's another story. Human cloning farm gathers momentum. Introduced last month by the health ministry Bronwyn Pike, the legislation would allow Victorian scientists to clone human embryos for medical research through somatic cell nuclear transfer, commonly known as therapeutic cloning. They're cloning human beings. Scientists would then be able to take the nucleus from the adult skin cell, insert it into an unfertilized egg and then use the resulting embryonic stem cells for medical purposes. So they would basically, it would be like aborting the thing they're creating. Which is another abomination in the sight of God. Talk about playing God. You're cloning human beings? Isn't that what they were doing in, um, in Genesis 6? They were, they were, it was genetic manipulation. It was a fallen angel with a human. It was not producing after its own kind. In the book of Enoch, and the Bible does, does um, talk about the book of Enoch a little bit, the Book of Enoch said that we were that they were doing things like experimenting with all the animals, with, with the fish, with the with the animals, with the birds, everything. They were trying to defile all of God's creation. Because that's what Satan does. He's trying to defile the seed. He's trying to defile whatever God made that he saw as good, which what he said in Genesis, he, they're trying to defile that to the nth degree. 
Another article. Australia is gearing up for a vote to allow, allow therapeutic human cloning. Australia is set to join countries that follow therapeutic cloning with a vote on the issue due later this week in the Victorian State Parliament. Victoria, home of the Australian Stem Cell Center, was pushing hard to legalize cloning. Here's another one. Transgenic cow... Human clones produce insulin in milk. Now this is happening. I, I, I just I just got four articles. I have had so many human cloning, hybrid cross things come in my way in the last year. I couldn't even imagine. I can't even tell you them all. This one says to produce pharmaceutical products from cow's milk. Oh, that's what I want to do. Let's produce a drug from cow's milk. Scientists insert the human gene of interest into an embryo before implanting it into a surrogate mother of a cow. How much of an abomination Dr. Frankenstein thing can you get than this? In this case, they use a gene for insulin. Once milk is obtained from a genetically modified cow, it will then be purified, refined to extract the insulin. Similar techniques have already been used to produce human proteins in goats and cows. They've already been done. It's already been done. This stuff. So, Please don't come back to me and say, oh, you're crazy about this stuff and the human cloning. It's, it's being done. It's being done. It's being done. And it's, and it's a conditioning tool to, for us to accept this as well. And again, but as the days of Noah, so shall be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. This was being done in the days of Noah. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. That was Matthew 24, 37 and Luke 17, 26. Now, there's also a TV show, again, on good old ABC Family. In fact, they're going to come around for their second season. It's called Kyle XY. Why do they call it XY? In regard to the XY chromosome, Kyle is a clone made in the laboratory um, that um, is, I think it's up in Oregon or Washington somewhere. He's in his laboratory and he gets put into this household and he doesn't know anything about his past. He doesn't have a belly button. That's one of the main, main things about it. Because if you think about it, if you were cloned, you wouldn't necessarily have to have a belly button. They're getting us conditioned for these things. This is a mini-series on ABC Family, which is one of the one of the main tools ABC Family is to ex- to get, particularly the youth of America, to accept these things as normal and no big deal. And this kid, Kyle XY, he's a clone. He has all these increased physical attributes, with with physical attributes, mental attributes. He's better, and that's how these things are going to appear. But he's a clone. So Daniel. 243 says, And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay. Now this is in reference to the end times. This is in reference to the ten toes that Nebuchadnezzar was, was Nebuchadnezzar was shown this and uh, in, in the book of Daniel. And it gets down to the last part of the kingdom was where they had the ten toes. Okay? This is the time we're moving into where there's going to be ten kingdoms and these things. Okay, now listen. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Now again, this is, this is the time we're, we're going into right now. The time of the Antichrist. The time when the little horn is going to gum up and boast himself. This is the exact time in the Bible. Whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Now hold on. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men? If this was the seed of men, why would it say they? As, as, as though it's something different. It is something different. It's the exact same thing that was going on in Noah's day. The sons of men saw the daughters of God saw, and, the, and, the, and the women produced their offspring called the giants, the Nephilim, the fallen ones. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. 
It says the seed of men, because it's something different. They is something different than men. But they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. I mean, you try to try to combine iron and clay together. It doesn't mix real well. You can put them together, but it doesn't meld very well. You can't mix iron and clay. I did a very specific keyword study, because this verse always kind of... I wasn't 100% sure how to interpret it. I think I do know how. Now, iron does not cleave or mix with clay well or aptly. You can combine them, but they don't combine well or aptly. Now, listen to this. Let's go back to Noah Webster, 1828 Dictionary, which defined the words in the King James Bible as they were written at that time. Okay? The word mingle. Mingle means to join in mutual intercourse or in society. That's the fourth, uh, fourth definition. And the, and the, the example they give, the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. That's Ezra, um, that's in Ezra 9 and Psalms 106. See, that's the nice thing about this dictionary. It actually quotes Bible back to you. Where was it used in the Bible? Well, this is where it was used. So when you mingle, you're actually joining a mutual sexual intercourse. That's mingling your seed. Now this says, Daniel 2.4.3, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. They're joining themselves in mutual sexual intercourse. But it says, but they shall not cleave one to another. What does that mean? Okay, let's look. Now, mingle also means to contaminate, to render impure, to debase by mixture. And that's what this is. This is a contamination. Okay, especially in God's eyes. Now, let's look at what does seed mean? Because it says they'll, they'll mingle themselves with the seed of men. What does seed mean? Webster's 1828. What does seed mean? Progeny, offspring, children, descendants, as the seed of Abraham, the seed of David. Okay, so now we know what that means. Okay, okay. what does the word cleave mean? Because it says they'll mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave. I thought, isn't that, isn't that contradictory? Doesn't that mingle, but they're not going to cleave? Well, hey, let's look. What does cleave mean in 1828? Webster's, it says to unite aptly, to fit, to sit well on. So see, there's a difference, there's a subtle difference between mingling and cleaving. Mingling, well actually there's a big difference. Mingling with the seed of men means you're going to come down, you're going to procreate with the, with the seed of men, but they're not going to cleave. It's not going to, it's not going to, ap, it's not, they're not going to unite aptly. They're not going to sit well. In other words, these offspring, there's going to be problems. Yes, they're going to be able to pull off the whole hybrid hybridization and genetic mixture of the human race and the fallen angelic race, again, as they did in the days of Noah, but it's not going to happen well. I think what God does is He just throws a monkey wrench into the whole thing. Yes, it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen well or aptly. Just as, if, and then it says here in Daniel 2.4, it says, even as iron is not mixed with clay, you can mix them, but they don't mix well. They don't mix fitly or aptly. So I hope I'm making that point. In his book, The Rapture, Brian Alexander... No, in his book, Rapture. It's not The Rapture. Rapture. Brian Alexander offers an accessible look at history and the development... And I don't think this has anything to do with the rapture of the church. I think it's just... I don't know. For some reason he calls it that. Brian Alexander offers an accessible look at history and the development of genetic engineering and at the convergence of the transhumanist movement with traditional science. There was that book, that move, that word transhumanist again. Okay? We're going to be beyond humans. Well, you know something? When you start doing cloning and genetic engineering and neural implants and, and, and your microchips and all this other stuff, you do become something beyond human. You're not quite human anymore. 
for many years, scientists have tried to disassociate themselves from what has been perceived by many as the extravagant rants of a few delusional individuals whose only purpose is to become immortal. Yet in the past 15 to 20 years, words such as cloning, gene therapy, designer babies, artificial intelligence, stem cells, and nanotechnology have taken their place in everyday language of millions of people. And many scientists are no longer afraid to state that they are working on ways to stop disease, aging death, and on how to improve human performance and appearance. So see, it all sounds good, just like Satan's always lies, always sound great. Whether you are against them or for them, these technologies are slowly becoming part of our life. Again, part of the grand delusion and deception. And they promise to take us to a new level of evolution and to what's, what, are, what some are calling the transcendence, a new level of global consciousness that has its roots, at least for many transhumanists, in the French monk Pierre Thierre Chardin, de Chardin. A supporting lie being told since the New Age movement went public in 1976 is that the more ancient the idea is, the more validity it possesses. Thus, because the ancient Egyptian mystery religions predated Christianity, the Egyptian mysteries are more valid than Jesus Christ, which is a lie from the pit of hell. Because none of them really predate Jesus Christ. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, they don't predate Jesus Christ. But that's the lie being perpetuated. Now again, Eric von Daniken's hypothesis is accepted by some as an alternative to the traditional account of creation. It is uncertain how many people believe that Daniken and Stitchin, he's another guy they believe in, how their theories, but approximately 70% of Americans believe in the possibility of extraterrestrial life. Some, like the 39 members of the Heaven's Gate cult that committed suicide in El Rancho Santa Fe, California, and believe that they were being summoned by a UFO trailing the Hale-Bopp Comet, they took it a step further. They merged UFOlogy and religious cosmology to produce hybrids of conventional religion or esoteric mysticism. Of course, the remaining 30% minority reject the entire notion as ridiculous. It doesn't matter what percentage you're in, you better be able to, to give up to give an answer for this. You better, when it happens, you better be able to say, ah, see? Not, oh no! Because most people are going to be like, oh no! They're not going to know what to do. So now there's a six-step attitudinal change in plan, which, which is the vehicle for thought change that the Illuminati, that these globalists and Satan always uses. And what it is, now we enter the respected federal government organization, NASA. The respected NASA, speaking from their respected office, has now officially announced that it is quite possible that these startling pictures of Mars that we talked about are, proven, are, are proof that life may have existed on Mars millennia ago. For those of you who have been reading the cutting-edge material for a while, all this might sound a bit familiar. Do you recognize the six-step attitudinal change plan in the sequence of events? Remember the change plan changes attitudes and values of an entire population so gradually, so slowly, that the victims never know they've been manipulated. Here's how it works. Step one. Some, some practice so offensive and so scarcely to be discussed in public is advocated by a respected exer- expert from a respected forum. Case in point, lost tomb of Jesus. The Da Vinci Code. Holy blood, holy grail. This bloodline movie. Oh, Jesus really was married. Even though that's, that's something so despicable and so disgusting... It gets put out there by some secular source. Step two, at first the public is shocked and then outraged. Step three, but the very fact that such a thing could be publicly debated becomes the subject of the debate. In other words, the focus of the debate is shifted from the facts of the debate to the fact that we aren't proud of ourselves that we can't even be discussing this subject in public. Step four, 
In the process, sheer repetition of the shocking subject under discussion gradually dulls its effect. Step five, people are no longer shocked by the subject. Step six, no longer outraged, people begin to argue for positions to moderate the extreme. Or they accept the premise challenging instead the, the means to achieve it. Um, step one of this whole thing began to occur in the mid-1980s, about this thing with Mars, as people began to read the likelihood of life on Mars from the supermarket tabloids and from fiction. This constitutes step one. And at the beginning, few people actually believed this nonsense. Step two and three, though... Um, but after a while, these readers begin to slowly be convinced of the possibility that life may have existed on Mars. That's step two and three. Step four, sheer repetition of the shocking subject matter. As I said, we're being deluged, deluged, bombarded with this all the time, all the time. Okay? And a lot of it's subliminal. The sheer repetition of the shocking subject matter occurs consistently in the pop culture media. Step five, where people are no longer shocked by the possibility. So once step five is attained, the time has arrived for the really respected person to propagate this lie from the Oval Office. Oh me. Do you remember the shocking announcement on, on August 1996, August 9, 1996 from President Bill Clinton that science had possibly proven that life once existed on Mars? Oh boy, now the president is saying it's got to be real. News brief. This was from Space Views Magazine. Breaking news. August 9, 1996. Was there once life on Mars? NASA and Stanford University science announced Wednesday that they had compelling but not conclusive evidence that primitive microscopic life may have existed several billion years ago on planet Mars. At a press conference in Washington Wednesday afternoon, a team of scientists led by Dr. David McKay of NASA's Johnson Space Center presented several key pieces of evidence which put together strongly suggest that life once existed on the red planet of Mars. The team presented four lines of evidence obtained from the analysis of a meteorite ejected from Mars billions of years ago. Oh, it's always billions of years ago. It sounds more impressive. And landed on the Ant Antarctic continent over 10,000 years ago. In a slight variation of the six-step attitudinal change plan, the President of the United States stepped forward with the respected NASA Administrator, Dan Godlin, to announce that the possibility of life on Mars has been scientifically established. I can guarantee you that most of these readers of the supermarket tabloids heard that most of these readers of the supermarket tabloids heard was that the president had announced that life had been found on Mars and that his scientific NASA administrator had agreed. That was the gist of what they heard. They had already been preconditioned to believe it. They never, ever hear the protests of more objective, non-governmental scientists for millions upon millions of Americans. The issue has now been settled. There has been life on Mars in the distant past. Why does this lie matter? Well, now you're probably saying, what? so what if all these people believe this stuff? What does it matter? I tell you it matters greatly in the successful staging of the Antichrist and in the establishing of the New World Order Kingdom. You see, the Antichrist will claim to be an Ascended Master. Now, this has nothing to do with all those Ascended Master guys I was just talking about. I got that all from a separate source. But, but cutting edge is lining up with what I'm saying. The Antichrist will claim to be an Ascended Master who passed through many lifetimes. How many times have we heard that today already? Some on Earth and some on other planets. Therefore, the Antichrist is going to be an alien who has lived on other planets. The guiding spirits of the New World Order leaders will, will consistently have consistently told their human hosts that people will be far more likely to believe the claims of Antichrist if they have first been conditioned to the idea that aliens and extraterrestrials do exist. So, we're going to be far more likely to believe the Antichrist is an ascended master as somebody that lived on these other planets if we've already been preconditioned that aliens and extraterrestrials exist. Of course. 
as well as UFOs. This is why the subject of extraterrestrial life on many planets is now a constant subject in New Age bookstores. It has been sold, it has been for over a hundred years. Among New Age adherents, you will be hard-pressed to find someone who does not believe in life on other planets, as well as you peruse New Age bookshelves, which really, New Age, I mean, go, go to Barnes & Noble. I mean, you talk about perversion and blasphemy, it's everywhere. I don't advise going there, I'm just saying. You'll see much of it. As you peruse the New Age bookshelves, you will find a considerable number of titles pertaining to Mars. Therefore, you, what you have here is the meaning of beliefs about life on Mars, and by extension, life on innumerable number of planets in the universe. Believe between traditional New Age adherents and the more average citizen of the mainstream United States, we are getting closer to successful staging of the Antichrist every day. I agree. The very fact that the President of the United States would commit his prestige of that office, will give me a break on that one, to promoting life on Mars shows how very close the appearance of the Antichrist must be. This life on Mars concept has also other implications. It is designed to throw doubt into the traditional biblical concept that God created a universe, planet, created a unique planet amidst in the universe that many millions of planets and other solar systems within the universe in other words that earth was unique create doubt that God the creator created a unique race of human beings gave them free will to sin or not to sin and ultimately created a plan to save them from the consequences of their sin by himself becoming their perfect sacrifice God's plan of redemption is, is a unique plan for a unique race living on a unique planet but see all this questions that so you see how serious this is but if you believe in aliens, reincarnation, UFOs, and many planets within the universe which contain intelligent life, you destroy this uniqueness. Mes you, you destroy the uniqueness of the message of, the bi of biblical Christianity. Author Tex Mars quotes a scientist who is an unbeliever as smugly proclaiming that the discovery of life on Mars signals the end of all established religions on the earth. See, that's where the rubber meets the road right there. Because the big, high, and lofty professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools. They're going to be coming and saying, oh no, this establishes the end of all modern day religions. See, we told you, we were right. The fool has said in the heart, there is no God. That's what the Bible says. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Quote, they are now proven to be man-made myths, this, this high and lofty researcher said. Just about done. This is the plan of the New World Order, to convince a majority of people that extra, extraterrestrials might exist, convincing a strong minority that they absolutely do exist, and deliver a death blow to your most feared and placable enemy, those fundamental born-again Christians. Because again, who else, who else would Satan be worrying about on this earth, other than them? And this is directly aimed at them more than anybody. The fundamental Bible-believing Christians. As we return, when, when I say fundamental, the fundamental of the faith of the Bible. King James Bible. As we return to the Raiders News article, we see the revelation from a Christian expert that these aliens are really demons. They are now getting closer to the real truth. Now again, I, I don't believe the aliens are, are actually demons. I mean, these things have actually physical bodies. Well, what would they be? They would be the Nephilim that the Bible talks about that as it was in the days of Noah, and then, and then they had these race of giants. Now remember, I don't think, not to say there may not, might not be giants, but... Remember, the Bible said in Daniel, it says that they will mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave to them. They will not fit aptly. They will not sit well. So I think a lot of times the reason these aliens are so nasty looking is probably because they're not aptly joining like they were before. It's like iron and clay. They can't quite get it right. I'm sure they would love, maybe love for them to be all these blue-haired, blind-haired, whatever, but it's not happening. 
Okay? So, and again, that's a theory. I'm not going to be totally dogmatic about it, but there's got to be a reason. So, they're saying they're really demons, but I believe that these are actually the Nephilim byproduct, as the Bible predicted would happen. Now we're getting closer to the real truth. Um, malevolent non-creator astronauts. One of the more troubling aspects of the benevolent... Okay, well, I've already read this part. No, I already read this. Good. Um, to understand how this belief in aliens and UFOs directly transform in, into a belief which would help the Antichrist deceive the peoples of the world, please read, and he's got an article here, Hillary to Gene Houston, come on over and bring Eleanor with you. <laughs> so, he's got, he's got a, uh, see, a lot of these, these, these women, they do their seances, the, the women in the White House, they do their seances, and they communicate, and these are what, these are what they're being told. Okay? All these lies. Christians and many Catholics have always equated extraterrestrial contact with demons. This is the correct biblical analysis in our opinion. I don't, I don't think it's just demons. Okay? Um, remember, Satan can transform... I think they're demonic, absolutely. But I don't think they're just demons. These things actually have physical bodies. A demon, by virtue of being a demon, would be a spirit. Okay? How could they always manifest as physical bodies that abduct, pull you in, and do, do these things? Okay? No, they're, they're most likely the Nephilim that the Bible talks about. The fallen ones, okay? So, Satan can transform himself into an angel life, if need be, in order to deceive humans, his demonic hosts can transform themselves. But a Vatican spokesman has just declared that the extraterrestrial activity is in Israel, and it's not demonic. Well, isn't that great? The, the Vatican's come out saying it's not demonic. Well, imagine that. Imagine staging the, staging the way for the one world religion. They can't be against the aliens. they got to be with them. You can't have the Catholic Church against them. Against the ascended masters? No way. Vatican officially declares extraterrestrial contact is real. This was by Richard Boland, Ph.D., UFO Digest. Monsignor Corando Balducci, a... Th Theologian member of the Vatican Cura, the governing body, an insider close to the Pope, has gone on Italian television five times, including recent months, to proclaim the extraterrestrial contact is real phenomenon. Balducci provided an analysis of extraterrestrials that he feels is consistent with the Catholic Church's understanding of theology. Monsignor Balducci emphasizes that extraterrestrial encounters are not demonic. Hey, I'm telling you, the Catholic religion is the most set-up religion right now under which the umbrella of the one world church will form. They're the most set up. They're the most powerful, by far. They have got to come in line with this, and now they are. What more needs to happen, really, other than World War III? Now, one billion Roman Catholics throughout the world who are officially set up by these kinds of pronouncements that aliens are real, but they're not demons. Uh-uh. Ascended Master Mary. Oh, no, hold on. Stay tuned for more developments about this about Mars. If my hunch is correct, you will be learn hearing a whole lot more about Mars in the near future. After all, there is more people to convince before Antichrist arises, and Mars and the Mars card is likely to be played again and again until the great majority of people believe the lie. Remember Jesus thrice repeated warning in Matthew twenty four against deception. His warnings accumulate in verse twenty four, for there shall rise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. That's why I'm doing what I do because I don't want the elect to be deceived. This Mars deception is simply one of the opening salvos in a great new world order deception. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, His perfect salvation, not on any man or any church. Now is the time to stand along for Jesus Christ and His truth for the end of the age is very, very close indeed. 
Uh, remember Jesus' revelation that the unparalleled deception is one of the hallmark characteristics of the end of the age. Matthew 23, verse 24, verse 3, and I'm going to end it here. As, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Well, isn't that the time we're, we're moving into? Sure it is. And Jesus said, and answered unto them, said, Take heed, let, lest no man deceive you. The first thing he said about the times we're moving into is, Take heed, lest no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. What about all these ascended masters? Huh, what better candidate you have than those? And there's probably going to be a whole lot more than that. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Isn't that what we're hearing all the time? See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Wow. A lot of that's going on right now, but it's going to get a lot worse. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Ugh. They're just the beginning of sorrows. Hate to say it, but that's what the Bible says. Then shall many be offended. Oh, you know how much this is going to offend so many people? They're going to go, you know who they're going to be offended at? Their pastors. Christianity. Because they're going to believe they believe the lie. Even thinking that the Bible was real. Because these ascended masters and all these lying signs and wonders are going to seem so much more real. And they're not going to have an answer. And they're deceived. And there's some 501c3 organization listening to their Christian rock, reading a false Bible. What do you expect? These are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Be prepared to get that many people around you are going to get offended and probably betray you, especially if you're a Bible-believing Christian. I'm expecting it. I'm not wanting it to happen. I'm not hoping for it to happen. But I'm. <laughs> the Bible says this is the way it was going to be. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. What is the earmark of the time we're moving into? Deception. Deception. That's all I go over week after week after week. Deception. I'm trying to be a watchman. Matthew 24, 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. What does that mean? That means because sin is going to get so prevalent, when sin abounds, love gets quenched. The love of many is going to wax cold. And, and you know, the, the Bible talks about, you know, the women not having natural affection, and, and, and you know, mother against daughter, and, and, and father against son, and all these things that it talks about. But he that shall endure to unto the end, the same shall be saved. Well, that sounds like kind of a warning to me. Does that mean by works of righteousness we are saved? No. But you are supposed to endure to the end as a born-again Christian. If the Holy Spirit's really living inside you, you will endure to the end. I'm, no, I'm not going to say, no, we've got to earn our way into heaven now. We've got, to, we've got to endure it. No, the only way you could possibly endure it is through the Holy Spirit. That's it. The Holy Spirit... Living inside you, giving you the strength, instructing you in righteousness, no matter what happens to you, enduring to the end. It says, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall... Well, what if you don't endure to the end? Well, it sounds like you won't be saved then. I'm sorry. But see, it's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ living through you by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. And that, what, what involves that? Well, that involves humility before the Lord. Saying, I can't do it, Lord. I can't. I can't do it. Only through you can I do it. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Dwell on those scriptures. Hide the word of God in your heart. Why? Because wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Psalm 119 verse 9. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119 verse 105. 
You know, all these all these verses, it's very important to memorize Scripture. Then it says in verse 23, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. Believe it not. Know what we're talking about? Believe it not. He's not, he's not coming back until the end. Until, and, and, you know, really the end of the seven year tribulation. As far as in bodily form. Okay? Matthew 24, 24. There shall arise many false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. That's from Jesus Christ. I'm going to end it with that quote from Jesus Christ from the Word of God. We just went through 28 pages of um, material. I know I had to go through it fast, but we got in right before three hours. So uh, I, I just felt compelled I needed to get this all in one teaching. Because I don't want to split this up too much because it had too much momentum going with it. So anyway, um, well, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time you've given us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you and I do pray, God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins that we've committed in any way, shape, or form, Lord God, that you would wipe our slate clean, that you would cleanse us of presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. That, Lord God, we would, that you would forgive us for our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us, Lord God. That you would provide for the body of Christ, Lord God. Not only the physical things that are needed, Lord God, but the spiritual things that are needed. Um, Lord God, that you would give us the strength to endure unto the end, Lord God. And that anybody that's not listening to this, if they're not saved, Lord God, and if they've gotten convicted of that, I pray to God that you'd save their souls, Father God. For it's your will that not one would perish, and that all would come to repentance. And Lord God, they can always email me, and I will, I will do my best to present the plan of salvation, Lord God. I do pray, God, that you use the body of Christ in a mighty way for your glory, Lord God, to save many. That you would turn many to righteousness, Lord God, through the body of Christ. As you said in your word in Daniel, that those that turn many to righteousness, they will shine, shine like the stars in heaven in the name of Jesus Christ. And he that wins souls is wise. I do pray, God, that you would do this mightily through the body of Christ, that deception would be turned back, that the truth would come out, Lord God, and that the fear of God would be upon the body of Christ and upon the unsaved, sin-sick world, that you would save those that could be saved, Lord God. And Lord God, that you would deal with the ones that are deceiving people and leading them to hell, Lord God, that you would deal with them even this day. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.